Hello, everyone. What the fuck? Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> right, let's try that again. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's Max. Those of you listeners who have just uh, discovered our show in the last year or year and a half, um, and those of you who haven't gone back and listened to the backlog of episodes that we have in seasons one and two, might never have heard the type of episode that you're about to hear before. Um, This is the first shootout of season four, and the first shootout that Carl and I have recorded since uh, the end of season two. COVID came along and sort of changed how the show was done for a full season, but one of our goals with season four was to get back to the shootout format. Uh, The original idea for the show, when we first sat down, for those of you who don't know, was Carl and I would watch four movies every month based on a theme, and then uh, at the each quarter, after every three months, we would throw all the names of those movies into a hat, pull them out, and then smash them together like G.I. Joe or Barbie dolls, you know, or G.I. Joe and Barbie dolls. Sometimes the movies fuck. Sometimes the movies fuck. No, um, so we would decide which of the which of the films that we'd watched that quarter were our favorite. Not objectively the best. You know, Schindler's List is not going to beat Raising Arizona or, you know, The Big Lebowski. It's an objectively better film, but it's clearly not your favorite. It's not the one you're throwing on all the time. So that's the shootouts. After today, after this shootout episode, the first episode you're getting, listener, is going to be on Shang-Chi. Uh, Carl and I and uh, David Rowney, one of our longtime patrons, thank you so much, David, we are all going to go and see Shang-Chi and IMAX this evening, and afterwards we're headed back to the FCK to plop down in front of the mics and talk about it. And because it's a current movie that's currently in theaters, and you don't have to go digging through back bins or eBay looking for movie packs that a low-res copy of it is jammed into, as you do with some of the other films we cover on this show, and it's actually um, current and relevant, I'm going to turn around and get that posted for you tomorrow morning so you can hear our thoughts on it and then go and see the movie or go to the theater and see this movie and support the, you know, this new branch on the Marvel tree and then listen to our thoughts. But uh, we wanted to, we've never done one like this before. Go and see something in theaters, come back and talk about it immediately. So um, if you've seen Shang-Chi, then tune in tomorrow morning to find out what we thought about it. If you haven't, maybe go see it. Uh, I think it's also available to rent or to stream or get early access or one of those things on um, Disney Plus. So if you got that, if you're not doing the whole theater thing, totally get it. Check it out there. Anyway, that's what's going on in our world. Here's what's going on in uh, in the bloody octagon that is the first shootout of season four of Measuring Flicks. Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And you are listening to the first... I feel like there should be a fanfare. <laughs> is that not a fanfare? not a fanfare. Think more John Williams, less... That's, that's Bob Aran. That's, that's not that's fanfare. That's doo-wop. You're not in, even in the right genre. Zibbidi-ba-ba-ba-ba fanfare. That'll have to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, listener, to the first quarterly shootout that Carl and I have recorded in oh, well over a year at this so point, So right? more annual plus. 
Yeah, if we count if we count the 2020 Quillen Filmies as mm-hmm. a sh- as a shootout, which it is wa- the final. It's like the fi- no, it's, it's like the awards thing. show. It's the award yeah, show. it's it's been the culmination because we always do the final shootout like the that day or the right. day before so the Quillen film. We're in like the I would say the year and a half since yeah. we have actually shot films up because mostly during the quarantine we did yeah. just like quarantine tape stuff. Just let's just chat about movies and try and not go crazy. Yep. Now we have enough space. And like, you know, and we're not we're not as terrified as we were. So now we can be critical of pieces of art again. We can't and be. shit all over them and smack them together it's like more, Barbie dolls. It's more me pooping on them than I think. Than what? The rest of the gang. I tend to have more. <laughs> you are you are souring uh, slightly. Uh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> But, you know, COVID was hard on all of us. I just don't like any movies anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like um. What do you mean, Brokeback Mountain is a masterpiece? This this piece garbage. of garbage can barely stand on its own two legs. Well, I'll tell you what, I can quit this movie. <laughs> <laughs> throwing throwing uh, thematically appropriate shade. You should listener, you need context because Carl and I are. This is we're not gonna say A game. We're gonna say B plus game today. This is like it's like you didn't put the whole. You didn't go really, like really deep in your bench. Yeah, but like you don't have your all stars. Are you talking about these movies? Because I'm talking about you and I. Because oh, you what and I I'm had a, we had ourselves a little evening last we night. We did. That's what I'm saying. We we're not we're not the 19 no. or whatever bulls. No. We're more like we're well, like, any year of the Pistons. We got, we <laughs> run <laughs> we run out onto the floor with our with our towels. Shoes untied. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was saying with the towel, and we dry up the sweat of That's the us. A game. That's yeah. us. We're the towel guys. We today. clean their their skin pee. We're skin pee moppers today, <laughs> and here's why: because last night we both got home from work, and we have we're gonna do two episodes today. So mm-hmm. this episode's a shootout, but the next one you hear will be the cell. Vincent D'Onofrio, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Lopez, the year 2000. One of the most We'll talk about it on the show, yeah. but it's a fucked up movie. Mm-hmm. And you watched it by consuming like a, a flagon, the equivalent of several flagons of very cheap wine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, good. I decided to experience this like harrowing, fucked up dreamscape <laughs> nightmare by eating 15 milligrams of edibles and <laughs> sitting on the couch with Bird. Dude. Just like in a, a frenzied feel, state of quivering like terror. like a good enough prerequisite to become an Avenger, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like 15 milligrams. I might have What's superpower. What's your superpower? I can eat a lot of weed. <laughs> I'm afraid all the time now. Is <laughs> <Yes. my superpower. laughs> we'll just let you have a conversation with the bad guy and they'll be like, you know what? It's not worth it. Right. They're like, they're like, I will, I'm going to beat you up. And I'll be like, in the grand scheme of things, that's sort of, that's sort of irrelevant, isn't it? When you look at the existential horrors that exist just within this this vaulted geometric space of the human skull, and there's a little bang as he shoots himself. Yeah, in the exactly. Head. <laughs> and they're like, Max uh, defeats the villain again, but God, it's it's pretty bleak how he's it's really looks like the Avengers of one at that point. Good job, Max. Don't congratulate me. It just gives me a false sense of hope in this hopeless world. <laughs> that sounds really weird through oh, the, the microphone. Dog's, yeah. My dog's playing tug of war. Um, so as is the longstanding tradition, yes. Carl, we're going to start out our shootout with a shoot-er. Oh, my God. Of I don't know if I made a good or bad decision here. You chose the blend today. Yes. So we always do a shot from the from Bill Pullman's bar cart out of the FZK DeKuyper collection. And they looked. They all looked too too good today for good. for us. We're trash people. We need something grosser. So we mixed some stuff together. We mixed together uh, 
what is creme the, de cacao. Creme de cacao, the chocolatey stuff. And blue curacao. Blue curacao. We call it the blue curacao. The cowabunga. The cowabunga, we call it. Yes, just now. <laughs> the cockabunga. Oh, the cockabunga. All right, so here's God. to you, sir. I got to get one for my homies. Woo. There we go. All right, and actually surprisingly pleasant. I have no complaints about that. That might... Okay. You know what that tastes like? There's a little bit of a backbone for like a chocolate martini going on here with a, like a... You float some blue curacao. Okay, Bro, wait, that, that's delicious. That tastes... You know those little those oranges that you bang on the table? Yeah, and that's exactly what I thought. That is exactly what that tastes like. Dude. Listener, we just discovered a great new shot. It's creme de cacao. If that was chilled and poured in a glass, yeah. I think that would have been like banging. If I'd sh- And I almost did too. Shake yeah. that up. A little bit of coconut milk. Mm-hmm. Skip the coconut milk. Just shake Just those two ingredients, dude. It tastes like a you fucking... Go, you would do like one-to-one? Listener, you got to try what we just drank. That was that, shockingly tasty. Do you know, and something's <laughs> happening with like the capillaries behind my eyes where everything is sort of like... <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's like the... It's the little citrus, I feel I pretty good, yeah. That was tasty like, as fuck. My heart's beating a little more sturdy. I feel bad because no, we started with such a great... No, I might actually be dying. Hold on. Wait, yeah, no, okay. we're good. We're good. <laughs> the back end. Now, yeah. oh, here's the aftertaste. <laughs> Like no, oh, that's fucking great. Pupil blows out. Yeah, it it tastes like it literally tastes like one of those like um, yeah they the, slam the orange it slam breaks the orange into pieces it breaks in, yeah. yeah good very we're, we're good. We're gonna call that the 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 slamming orange. That is what that shot is called. It's the slamming orange. You heard it here first, folks. Boom. Copyright two thousand one. Two thousand twenty one. What did I say? Two thousand one is what you said. What the fuck? Twenty. That shot's great. <laughs> You're literally sweating Merlot. <laughs> You can see it on my forehead. I can I can feel it. Uh, I know you can see it. A little. I can I can also actually also sweating like fairly profusely, but yeah. that's fine. It's yeah. just my house is hot. It is, and and the hot the hat is hot. The hat's hot. The earplugs are hot. The and headphones. This hat is super hot. Yes. Do you want to? Are do we? Let's just dive in. So for we yeah. haven't done this in a long so, time. So yeah. What's so the listener? format? My uh. What's your name? Mike, Max. My, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> John. I'll, I'll see myself out. Thanks. Go, before you go, grab me those bottles back out of that yeah, cupboard. I'm doing more of this. Um, all right, so here's how I this... straight up called you Mike. You did. You're like, yeah, how's that go, Mike? I'm like, season four, and we're just... Been, been talking to you for a thousand <laughs> hours plus about movies, and I'm so, like, so Stan. Well, let me explain it, Kent. So, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> <when> we... <laughs> so typically, listener, a season, we do 12 months... We watch uh, 52 movies, one movie every week. So what we've done in the past, and we skipped it in season three just because, you know, there's this thing going on. Yeah. But uh, every three months or quarterly, we take all of the films that we have watched over the last three months. We write them all down, throw them into a hat, and then we pull those pieces of paper out and we argue completely arbitrarily and objectively, yep. like non-objectively. And I kind of feel like what's happened too is the piece of paper that we have, we kind of end up defending even if, because it's the one in front of us that we have read. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a I'm weird like, way. Why am I defending it's Hudson like, Hawk yeah. versus Schindler's yeah. List? This is, but well, since it's the one in your hand, you feel like you've got to give it a little bit of a... It becomes your corner. A little bit, but yeah. Then, then again, every once in a while, you pull two out of the hat and you're like... Oh yeah, we don't. Oh, even, this isn't even around. Didn't make it to the ring. That goes in the shitter immediately. Dude tripped on his shoes and hit his head on the it's like stool. The, the bling ring Is versus that too raising early? Arizona. Million dollar baby. No, yeah. million dollar baby came out in I think two thousand one when we invented Spoilers, that. Spoilers: She gets paralyzed and Clint Eastwood kills her. Wow, you just literally you took, <laughs> you took like the the only the most spoilery part of that movie. You just skipped everything else and you're like, that's that- my Avenger superpower. <laughs> Is it wreck films. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 
But it's one of my brother's favorite. They call me That's the last can. If we do a month of boxing, the last can, like you show people the last, yeah. the last film reel. Yeah. If we ever do a month of boxing movies, a million dollar baby is good enough to be on that list. Oh, I That's think so. That's a great movie, but it's not in our hat. No, it isn't. So we shoot out all the movies. We end up with one movie that wins for the quarter. At the end of every season, we shoot out the four movies that won in each quarter to come up with our flick of the year. Right. Here's the rules. When we pull movies out, there will be times as we do this where clearly one film is objectively like a masterpiece and the other one is just kind of like an 80s comedy or whatever, but we call it the searcher's rule. Carl and I pick and defend based on what our favorite movie is not which movie is objectively or or how do you you know do something as subjective as objectifying art but clearly the searchers is a better film than like maximum overdrive but i think season one is a perfect example where raising arizona beats out the searchers butch cassidy and the sundance kid a lot of like the man who shot liberty Liberty valance Valance. and raising arizona comes out on top because Mm -hmm. carl and i that is our that was our favorite movie of those. That's right. the one we're gonna watch more. That's the one we enjoyed more. Yep. It's not always like a happy, fun comedy. It's just whichever one is striking us right. In other words, Carl and I make up the criteria Absolutely. completely in our heads, and then just totally, basically random whatever we're feeling in that moment. That's what decides. What yeah, it man. Ends. All right, so Carl, it's yeah. time for fucking round oh, one, dude. dude. We're going this into is the exciting. octagon. This got my nipples hard. Yeah, this is and I'll I give almost grabbed two. First draw. I'm, did you get one? Just, just one. one. All right, and we're I setting your hat aside. So, listener, it is round one. It's the first two films. I feel like I got one of the long ones too. <gasps> Ooh, this is gonna be something. Is All it? Right. I yeah. think you should do yours. I'll read first. mine first because you drew first, right? Yeah. So it is 2005's Brokeback Mountain. Well, this isn't gonna be very hard. Versus. 1968's The Love Bug. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, listen, remember we said like some of them are just going to go on the floor? Right, but I do want to spend Let's a little... Let's talk a little bit We won't it. talk about Brokeback Mountain just yet. That's going mm-hmm. back in the mm-hmm. hat, clearly. Mm-hmm. So we'll save that for, for next time. But let's take a moment or two to just recap on The Love Bug. You know, I don't know that I've necessarily soured since the the watch and the episode. We didn't love episode. it that much when we saw it. I, I recently went back and listened to... Um, a good chunk of our episode and then thinking back to some of the problems that I had with it it's just it hasn't aged very well buddy mm. hackett is i like some of the things that he has going on i think he's like the most entertaining part of the movie yeah. and some of his philosophy philosophy yeah um on things sort of opened up other conversation in other movie and other episodes that we had for sure but i just don't know that i'll ever go back and watch the love bug again I I like that it's agree. A, that it exists. I think it was an important movie at the time, mm-hmm. from a technical standpoint. I mean, they were some There's incredible special effects going on in and this flick. really cool stunts. Yeah. There's definitely amazing stunt driving and stunt work going on. I'm with you. I actually really enjoy the Buddy Hackett character. Mm-hmm. Even some of the stuff that now gets called out as racist, I actually find fairly compelling in the film. Yeah. Like the fact that Buddy Hackett doesn't just like casually know mandarin and and he's not just like making fun of these philosophies that character went and studied at like an ashram or something in the mountains with with like this specific group of of like uh i can't remember where it is if it's like ancient china or something it's it's that sort of thing in 1968 where he's like oh i studied ancient chinese secrets right but the character did actually go and spend like 17 years studying this so when he interacts Right. With that, um, that, that business owner, that, that businessman, and he's like able to speak uh, Chinese. Yeah, and he's, he's like speaking, and it's not that 
that worrisome and problematic 1960s fake Chinese that yes, pops up in a lot of movies actual... where they go, Ming Tong, Ting Tong. Yes, and you're like, oh, yeah, that yeah. is not. He's actually speaking he's, the language. Yeah, he's actually speaking the language. And it's very uh, a heightened buddy hack. He's leaning into it a bit, but yeah. he's at least speaking doing Speaking the fucking language. And he approaches this guy with respect rather than exactly. like, let's just do a slide whistle and some slapstick. So no. I actually find some He actually of the... gets into business with them because that's the best solution to their problem that they're having at the time. Right, yeah. He's like, And he comes kind of humble. He's like, we yep. need you. So... All of that, there are definitely elements in here that shouldn't have aged well, but were approached with enough respect that they actually mm-hmm. stand up for me and are kind of interesting, but I'm with you. And actually, the place of the woman in this, in, the, in 1968, wasn't very, um, you know, she's the one that watches or doesn't really participate in any way other than to further the story of the men in it. She has agency. She is the best mechanic of the group. She yeah. fixes Herbie at one time completely. From like the full breakdown. The full yeah, break. Yeah. She's like, y'all, give me a set of overalls because you don't know the fuck you're doing. And she right. fixes Herbie. So right. I found that to be pretty cool. But um, there was still a lot of that, hey, he, the, the the Herbie trying to help him like date her in the beginning yeah. by not letting her out of the car as yeah. well. That's fucked up. There's yeah. it's a movie it is definitely a movie that has some like now unpalatable right. elements. But also the bigger thing for me, the bigger problem that I had with her, because look man, look what movies we just watched this month. We don't have problem a real problem with like Harrowing objectionable or, weird, or objectionable yeah. content. We'll Fair. watch objectionable content all yep. day. Give it to me. Yep. Let's watch all five I spit on your grave movies. Like I, I have no real issue with like well you shouldn't watch that because it's because yeah, it doesn't ho- it's it's not appropriate anymore right. I'm like someone's offended by this I don't Give cancel it to me. movies or no art. but I will I choose not to watch it I, that's different I don't cancel anything ever because yeah. it's all it should all be on the table to look at right. you know because that's that's how you can learn stuff like for example the love bug is actually a fairly boring movie yes it's so fucking slow it's two hours it's snoozy yeah. two hours plus yeah. And it's like anything that came in a white clamshell from yeah. the family video to rent shouldn't be more than like 68 minutes. Agreed. This movie reminds me of um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, very much so. Where it's like great moments. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. When I say Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I'm assuming that everyone out there thinks of like three things. One flying car, mm-hmm. two the child catcher, yep. and three how long that fucking movie is. You know what I mean? It's like never ending. The Love Bug. I can think of like four scenes in there where I was like, yeah, and then the rest of it's like, oh shit, I fell asleep. Did mm-hmm. I miss anything? No? Okay, good. We're still in the garage and it's 20 <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah, clearly Brokeback's winning. This is going oh, on yeah, the floor. going on the floor. Whoop! Thank you, thank you it's Disney. It's not getting crumpled. It's not getting nope. ripped up, but it is going on the floor. It's going with the dad. All right, I'm going to pick first this time, you, oh and shit. I'm going to pick with the other That's hand right. this time, so it's round two. I'm going to okay. stick with the same hand. You're going to stick with the same hand? My baiting hand. You know what? No, I'm, I'm going to commit to my idea. I'm, I'm switching hands each time. Here comes the right hand. Boom! And now you're reading first, right? Yeah. Oh, <gasps> Carl. Okay. Well, oh, Carl. Well, 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 well. All right. Oh. All right. Shoot. Oh. So, second I round. I have 1983's yeah. Christine. Ooh, couple of car, couple more car flicks. Let's sh- shuffle these up. Well, we had a lot of car flicks. We did because we had we a whole did. month dedicated to that's that. That's true. Purpose. That's true. And and so we're shooting out. Chris, this is very interesting. They're two kings, aren't couple they? Couple of kings. Nineteen eighty six. Maximum Overdrive. Well, to me, it's, it's clear. Easy. It's, it's easy. It's Christine. One hundred percent. I fucking okay. So the opposite happened to me with Maximum Overdrive. That happened with the Love Bug. Yeah. Where I feel like I kind of landed mediocre. Like we dig, I dug it because it's king and it's nostalgic with Maximum Overdrive. Dude, listening to the episode and then considering this movie again, this is one of my favorite Stephen King movies. Yeah. And it always will be. 
to be fair, a lot of that is through the lens of nostalgia. Sure. But that lens is just delicious. You don't need a lens, but whatever. It's like sometimes it doesn't work in like, oh, well, I can still understand why I like that movie, but I probably won't watch it ever again. Mm -hmm. That lens of nostalgia where this one I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember why. Like this is still really goofy and rowdy and stupid and like annoying like and, but for all the right charming reasons that make a shitty directed by Stephen King hopped up on cocaine doesn't right. remember being on set ever kind of this this is another right. one of the in a weird way this movie is kind of like bosom buddies with love bug in my head mm-hmm. which is up to a certain point very entertaining yeah after that certain point it gets snoozy it does and it's got obviously it's got a ton of problems but this movie under like under certain circumstances like we talked about in the episode maximum overdrive i i don't think i would watch this again alone or just for like for pleasure great party flick yes. especially for folks that maybe like stephen king have seen some shit like tommy knockers if or you're, sat through yes. those like old mini series they've never heard of or seen maximum overdrive zone. yeah bruh yeah, Bruh. this is a, a fans movie for yeah, sure. Exactly, and you have Emilio Estevez, dude, just right. being it's the weirdest. It's <laughs> version go- of himself. It's goofy. Yeah. It is. It, it's and a you fun have an flick. ACDC score that was written every track for the flick by ACDC. Right, they've released a whole album. It's one of their best. You know, like who made who three, was written for yeah, this three song. Three of the this. tracks that you. See, when I say ACDC, I almost guarantee that two of the songs that popped into your head first Immediately, yeah. are from the soundtrack and written for the movie for Maximum, Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. Yes, it's it's got a weird history. Yeah. It's the only King-directed yeah. Stephen King adaptation. It's goofy as fuck. Yeah, man. It's, it's big, too. Like, look, if you are one of those people who always loves a good movie explosion or, like, an unnecessary level of destruction of sets... This is a fucking awesome flick. It's got a few genuinely scary moments. Mm-hmm. It's got like, it's got a lot going for it, you know. And it's got uh, if you love overacting, yeah. oh my god, we made you! Like, dude, this is one of the great overacting films. And ever. we can't. So Maximum Overdrive as well. So he there wasn't like a short story. There was trucks. Trucks. There yeah. was a short story that he turned into the screenplay for this. Right. But I feel like you you don't have trucks. You can't get them. You can't. St- Let me try again. Yeah, that the Kuiper goes right to your head, man. <laughs> Stephen King can't get to the mist without first going through trucks and maximum overdrive. And that's from the Night Shift collection, is that right? Uh, the mist is not. No. I mean, trucks. Trucks is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, from yeah. Night Shift. His first collection of short stories. All the stuff that he had done prior to Carrie getting. Uh, before, prior to, and during Carrie, so it's being like a collection published. of the stuff it that is. he was publishing. In Everything like in magazines, Playboy, Playboy, all the men's magazines, all the penthouse stuff. Sure. Yeah, that's the collected works inside a night shift. So. It's it's worth a watch. It. I don't think Maximum Overdrive was gonna win against any of the. No, movies. Like, I'm maybe, so glad that we friggin' watched it though. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. It's and I won't even I won't even fold it. We'll we'll put it delicately and gently upon well, the it's, floor. Well, it's it's Stephen King related, so we have to treat that with fucking respect. Absolutely. Max. All right, Carl. Round, no, I, round no, three. No, I pick first. Yes, this time. yeah. And now I'm going back to the to the left. There's some. There's some real. We haven't hit the platinum or the gold shit in here yet. No, there's some. There's some real hard hitting flicks in here. So far, we've we've, we've had it easy. We have. We've, we've had been, it real we've been easy so far. Into it. Oh, I think it's about to get a little harder though, Carl. Oh my god, I think it will. If you think it, I'm thinking it. Oh shit. Okay, because my in my corner we've got 1982's Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. This is going to be different because of the rules that we have assigned ourselves oh, for. Oh shit! Do you have like good a good versus you have like a great. hard hitter? 
Yeah, Tulane Blacktop from 1971. Fuck! Fuck! Because this is a perfect example of Searchers versus Raising Arizona. I think Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid is brilliant. It's one of, I think it is my favorite of the Steve Martin um, Reiner mashups. Yeah. You know, the jerk and man with two brains are great and they're funny, but this is the one that's like, okay, let's knock it the fuck out of the park. And it's and it's a love letter to all of those old noir detective movies and, and finding the way to string those all together in a way that makes sense but still goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, there are still scenes that you watch them and like, wait, is this from it is really good. 12 Angry Men or is this from Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? It, yeah, it's a gr- okay. And I will watch I'll watch Dead Men Don't Wear a Plaid any like, given Sunday. You didn't like Tulane that much. No, that's that's not fair. I was I watched it sure. first on a thumbnail on yeah. my phone because I couldn't find it. Right, right. And then you let me the the, the, blue, the Blu-ray, and right. I just didn't have the time to get through all of it. I had to watch it at like a faster clip or rewatch some scenes to get. Sure. Okay, what does this actually look like on a screen? So part of, so I would say in this in this sense, Tulane Blacktop has a little er. Dead men don't wear plaid. I think at our table right now has a little bit of a handicap over Tulane Blacktop just because it's of Steve how, Martin and it's Rob Reiner and it's, I mean of how it was watched. Oh, like, fair. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, first I time you. you saw it was like YouTube 480p or whatever. Oh, you know? yeah, barely watchable with the sound out of sync. Yeah, yeah, and which has happened before on the show, so that's totally legit. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you came across that movie, and that's how we've you watched completely it. different movies. We have. We've watched. I've watched like uh, the original, and you've watched remakes. I've watched like alternate cuts of stuff on yeah. accident before this just happens and we kind of when you go into the ring it's like we navigate around it it's like an injury in training you know exactly. like the boxers coming in with like busted finger or it's something it's like mick i broke my wrist but this is the fight it's cinderella man exactly you know? oh, shit. he, he cracked up his cracked up his hand oh i thought for a second that that was the kabbalistic tree of life on your phone and i was pretty stoked about it no um okay so i'm with you on i agree with you this is very difficult because I'm 100% there with you with Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Yeah. I w- as I was writing these down today, I was like kind of, you know, I'm, as I'm writing each movie, I'm thinking about it because that's kind of how I prep. As I well, yeah, absolutely. And- I'll, I'll go back and listen to chunks of, of the episodes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Of the Martin movies that we watched, this is by far my favorite one. Yeah. Roxanne being number two. Yeah, though they, sure. they share a seat very closely on the they're, Steve Martin they're shelf. They're both yeah. so exceptional, but... But for me, and this is this is a hundred percent like me personally kind of thing. Tulane Blacktop was like a game changer for me. Yeah, like seeing that movie, having in the context of it, you and I during season two when we were doing all the Corman flicks, we did a biker month. Yeah, and we watched Easy Rider, we watched Road to Paloma, we watched uh, the Wild Angels, and we watched Hellride. And Hellride's whatever, but like. I've watched a lot of movies from around this era, like mm-hmm. the 60s era, that have to do with rebellion, that have to do with, like, going on adventures. The, the flicks that out. inspired Tarantino to, to do Death Proof. Yeah, yeah. Like the, 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 the Vanishing Point and, like, all that kind of shit. Uh, well, somebody, somebody running away from society yep. on four wheels with I a bad engine I gotta get drugs to Cali hood. in two days from Maine. Like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. or, and we talked about that with, like, Easy Rider, mm-hmm. which is, like, even Easy Rider itself... Which, when we first talked about it, listen. If you go back, listener, and listen to Easy Rider, we we did that episode with special guest Chris Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. Man, shout out, thanks much, um, Chris. We kind of tore it down. Yeah. Watching Tulane Blacktop, 
built that movie back up in my head because I realized that Easy Rider was, before Tulane Blacktop comes out, Easy Rider is trying to kind of do the same thing that Tulane Blacktop did, but it did it, it did it not as effectively. Mm -hmm. It was trying to get that same message across. But it was trying to be cool at the same time. Whereas yeah, you get lost in the pan, in the in the bikes, and in the coolness right. of, of Fonda, and like yeah, like the 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 sort of like bleak underpinning just wasn't drawn out quite enough for me to read it as a really scathing right. crit- critique of America at that time. And instead, I ended up getting wrapped up in like these bikers are shitheads, and are we supposed to like them? Yeah, Tulane Blacktop is like one of the most beautiful cinematic poetic dismantlings of it's it's like watching it is this movie to me is the perfect uh like liminal film or like estuary or like it's between generations i mean we're coming right off the heels of vietnam into the early not quite not yet all right we're in 71 yeah Yeah, so we're but we're coming out of the hippies and the like individualism and we could get on our bikes and ride and we can just buck the system and she's the i can't remember the the the, the woman the character the hitchhiker the girl they just the call girl. her the girl oh, that's right she's yeah. the girl the driver and the mechanic Lori bird Lori bird right where she's i mean they're very clear about the point they're making when she gets out of the hippie van talks about we're gonna go to the grand canyon we never made it to the grand canyon kept getting stoned and kept had to getting pull stoned over. and having to pull over now i'm gonna hitch a ride with the driver and the mechanic and see what that looks like and and the cool thing about Two Lane Blacktop, it's not just a conversation that we had within the episode about the movie itself. Is yeah. it hit every movie, not only in the rest of um, like the road movies month, right, yeah. but we've we've come back to Two Lane Blacktop in our conversations of almost half or more of the other films that we've talked about so far this season. Absolutely, when it comes to like, it came up in Kirstine. It's like a perfect like compliment complimentary movie to Tulane Blacktop. Yeah. Oh, in the dude, weirdest absolutely. way where you'd think where you'd think like the Love Bug 2 as a way cuz cuz the car is not alive in Tulane Blacktop, but it is. Yeah. It's it's taking the heart and the the love from and the energy from the human that is sitting behind the steering wheel. Right. Which is happening in Christine and then the Love Bug, which we're seeing in a very real way. The car is alive and, and Yes. But it's no less alive in Tulane Blacktop. It it shows that's that's totally true. But what I and what I like most about the Christine comparison to Tulane Blacktop is both cars feed on their driver. In a yep. Way. We talked during the Tulane. He's episode. only alive when he's driving the car. The, the shot I'll never get it out of my head as long as I live. The end. Well, yeah. Oh my God, yes, dude. Like the yeah. like <laughs> watching watching this like the window goes up. And the silence, and then watching reality melt. I know, man, it's fucking exceptional. But the, I love Dead Men, but I mean, I the, think it's too lame. I, I'm kind of, I don't know. The shot that I keep thinking about is the driver sitting totally motionless as it pours rain, and Lori Bird's running to get Coke. And uh, is it? It's one of the Beach Boys. Is it Dennis Wilson? Is that right? No, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's w- one of the Beach Boys, James Taylor sitting in the car, and the mechanic, it's the mechanic, the driver, and the girl. That's right. all you need to know. And the mechanic's wrenching on the car, just trying to get the fucking carbs to work again, because you have to pour blood into your dream to make your dream go. And we haven't even talked at all about GTO and the like the the factory assembly line stamping of this idea of when, individualism. When I figured out, when I finally wrapped my head around what was going on yes. with GTO, it blew this movie 
wide open for me, dude. I'm like, he is that. I got a fresh off the line GTO. I used to be a test pilot, and every person he interacts with, yeah. I want it, I don't know, a rodeo champion or whatever. Yeah, I want it in a car. I'm making a movie about fast car. Exactly. Okay, Carl. Me personally, right now, yeah. I think it's Tulane Blacktop. I do too. I feel Let's like Let's talk Dead, about Deadman. I feel Man. like Deadman don't play. We still do a Dark Horse, right? We do. This could be a comeback this one is the, for sure. This doesn't go on the floor. No, no, no. I think this is going to go in like the, we should consider this towards the end of the season. As maybe as the Dark maybe Horse. Dark horse. horse. I, I totally agree. I'm going to watch it again this year. Yeah. Let's Just in case we right. run into another one, let's talk about it for a little Happy bit. To. Because Happy my to. God, Carl, this is... I have we we said in the Steve Martin month. I really don't have that much experience with Steve Martin. Right. Planes, trains, and automobiles right, like right, was right. kind of <laughs> it for me. That and like and cheaper grew, by the dozen. And I grew you know? up with Steve Martin yes. as a staple in our home. We had the the comedy albums. We would rent a Steve Martin wild movie. and crazy guy or which one? The wild and crazy guy and um uh, let's get small. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm like, oh, dude. So that was like, and it also informs my personality and sense of humor. <laughs> you can see it you when you watch four it. Steve yeah, Martin exactly. movies. You're like, oh, that's Carl. Carl watched these movies as a kid for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I came to Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid a little bit late. It, was, sure. it wasn't something available at the library. It was never at the family video. It just wasn't. The cassette didn't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is pre-streaming because I'm ancient as fuck, Max. <laughs> So you couldn't just get on Disney Plus. I've I've always wondered. I don't know if we've ever cleared it up. No. I start, my life starts with VHS. Yeah. Do you go all the way back to Betamax? I go back to Beta, Laser. Well, LaserDisc was in between. I go back to, there weren't VHS machines. Do you, do you? You had, like, cable. (laughs) You you, You would get the TV guide. And you would see what's the Wednesday night movie on NBC. Do you predate home video? Yeah. That's fucking wild to me. Yeah, well, they were they came around in like the early to mid 70s. They were around, but they were like $2,000 for a player and like 200 bucks for a a shitty like low res right pressing on a on a tape for for a movie. Okay, so you But this was I was I was at the tail end of the you get the TV guide from yeah. the checkout aisle at the Kroger. And you see what the Wednesday and Thursday night movies are, and if you're lucky on Sunday, it would be like the like a Disney Sunday special, and you could watch the Love Bug or whatever. Really, so you know what though, like really quick that move that and it would take you six hours to watch a two hour movie. It started at four and end at nine. Right, like, right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's how you milk that time. They're like, yeah. let's throw a movie on that'll kill a quarter of the day. And they're paying, I mean, so much ad revenue in that way. But you know, like there was, there is a certain number of films who. Which have gotten a second life because of that, like, what's the Friday night movie? Mm-hmm. Herc Harvey's brilliant Carnival of Souls, which I believe we covered in season two. Um, the Carnival of Souls got released in like a couple theaters, immediately vanished, and was gone for years. Then it shows up as like the creature feature on like Saturday Night Cinema, and yeah. so many people tuned into it that they played it again. Dude, that's why and shows like Elvira and all this kind of crazy shit were so popular. It's the only way that you could watch Attack of the Giant Leeches I'm or any so of this shit. I'm so fucking excited for October because I know, so me I too, can dude. watch Elvira movies. Like I know, back to back to back. I know, we could do that anytime. Of though. course we can, but it's but not it as fun. But it feels great in October. Yes, October's the best time. Um, so this Dead movie Men don't wear plaid came yeah. came late, right? This was one of the last. Steve Martin movies I watched as a young man, like pre-teen, sure. right? And it, it, I was also getting into like the old, because our library got this influx of old movies like Casablanca and The Godfather and all of the old Bogart stuff, like 
It right. got all this the collection of like the Maltese Falcon. Right. It, like, like our library got dense with film noir, and I was gobbling it up as like a 10, 11 year old kid. Just like I thought the dudes were so cool, and the mystery and the solving of the thing. I would I would make my own little detective badges to like carry around and shit and be Humphrey Bogart. Right. And then Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid gets stumbled upon as a rental. My dad's like, hey, they fought, they they got a new Steve Martin movie down at the family video. I'm like, Steve Martin, yay! And as soon as it starts and my little brain figured out what's going on, it's like my my head exploded, dude. Yeah. Because I recognize all of these movies that are being intercut with this new Steve Martin movie. It's And I'm looking at my dad, I'm like, they can do this, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening? I didn't, I couldn't understand filmmaking. I mean, I understood, like, you know, because I was an actor, yeah, I've seen my dad in play, so I understand, like, sure, it's not real. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. But from, like, a technical standpoint of how do you get that scene from the Maltese Falcon to pair up perfectly with this new scene right. with Steve Martin, and they're having an interaction with each other and furthering this plot along. The writing is amazing. It's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and some of it is super goofy because they have to find a way to get from point a to point c yes and and skipping b to go to z right right because it's steve martin and rob reiner they can just throw in the most (laughs) obscure ridiculous shit like you need a cup of my java you you need a cup of my java (laughs) like dude like that the that is probably one of my favorite cigarette ever yeah for for comedic timing and pacing and when to know when too much is too much mm-hmm. is Steve Martin making the cup of Java yep. while dude's kind of waking up in the other room. Yeah. Because when, so when you think it's gone on about 10 minutes too long, yeah, he almost stops shaking it, and then he keeps shaking and the bag. And then he keeps shaking it, and suddenly you're back. Yeah. And it has become side-splittingly funny yeah, again. Yeah, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen the, is Steve the, Martin shaking coffee grounds into a saucepan. Dude, the scene of them of him <laughs> and the woman making logical leaps at his desk where oh. they're like, my God. Well, in German, that means blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a German frigate that's There's a German coming... frigate that happens to be named. And what's interesting... Friends of Carlotta, enemies of Carlotta. And what's like... so fucking funny about that is the whole, like, frigate, the naming of the frigate, and that's where... The... That is a plot point from, from a the movie. Maltese Falcon. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they're weaving in, like, other... Major plot it points. Is one from... of the, it is one of the most beautiful love letters to f- film noir that it I've really ever seen. Yeah. And Steve Martin's brilliant in it. There's... There's Best not hand acting nods all over the all place over the place for flick. his co- his coin work. The, Doing two hands the little at once, cigarette two slight out of the God. ear. That shit is hilarious. Put pushes the cigarette yep. into his ear, pulls it back out of his mouth. It's if you think that's impressive, watch, watch this. this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's there's nothing in in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid that I don't like, except for like that weird kissing thing that happens at the very beginning. Oh right. But, but other than that, like this movie, <laughs> your breasts fell out of whack. <laughs> that bit's a little <laughs> yeah. problematic. Well, later in the end, I was when adjusting she, your breasts, they'd fallen out of whack. Fallen out of whack, and but then she does it back to him at the end. She so there's adjust, kind of there's some, a tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for dick, tit tit for tip, you know, tit or what? Tip, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's yeah, yeah. Like th- this one for me is. Strong contender yeah, for, for Dark Horse for... Return. I of all the Steve Martin movies, the two that I will watch again are this and Roxanne. Yeah, 
I might watch Man with Two Brains like one more time, but this and Roxanne yeah. are going to be on rotation. Love so it. this goes to the this will go in the possible future discussion. Yes, pod. the cor- the corner of honor we call it. Yeah, knocked um, out but not down. This might have a Rocky two in its future. Damn Skippy, dude! And if yeah. it dies, it dies. But you know, if it dies. Oh my god, those! I can't. We got to get through Harry Potter and, and shit so we can do Rocky loves hockey. Rocky man. loves hockey, and then we should also we should. How does you know? You can tell when I get excited. I rub breasts. my nipples. You're like you're like you start. Dan- Danielle like, calls me out on it all the time. She's like, you must be happy about something. I'm like, what do you mean? Look at your hands. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like rubbing my nipples again. <laughs> fuck, I'm over here just like. And sometimes I do this like little kid thing too where if I get really excited about something, I'll pull my t-shirt up. Yeah, I've seen you do it. I've yeah. seen you do that repeated. It's like this. It's like my tick of taking my robe on and off yeah. and on and yeah. off and on and off. I get super excited. I just like like I'm a three year old. I'm like I'm excited. Mommy's home, and I just and like, you, like start chewing on the corner <laughs> exactly. of your shirt, and you're like, Carl. You, it's first of all, it's in you can't you can't put anything in your mouth while we're talking because no. it makes it sound fucking weird. And you're like, I just bought a movie so fucking watch, man. I'm like, it's bad radio. My this shirt turns good. into a whoopee, man. Who did it first? I don't remember. I don't remember. All right, well, Carl, that honors to you. Oh, thank you. It's, thank my, you. it's me being. A oh, host. I saw one. I saw one. I no, can't. yeah, no. Get out of there. Get, oh, drop it. I got it. No, I got it. No, okay. I, I, it's not I, the one. I shuffled it. It's good. Okay, okay, you shuffled them up. I don't know. Oh. We're, we're kind of getting now to a point where there's we're gonna be in trouble because we haven't hit. We've only. I think hit. we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna be okay on this. Okay. One. Okay. All right. Maybe. <laughs> Nothing like suspense. I have. Should I go first? Oh damn! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this yeah, is gonna yeah. be easy. Right. I have 1979's The Jerk. That can go on the floor because it's 2002's Secretary. Okay, good. Goodbye, The Jerk. So let's put Secretary away. We're not gonna talk about no, you. No, we're gonna yet. save Secretary. I don't have enough positive blood flow in my system for the appropriate boner that I need to <laughs> talk much, about. Secret- too much alcohol. The blood. Too, too much barefoot. Not We've- enough boner juice. <laughs> Here, quick, take a blue chew for next round. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So to talk about The Jerk. So The Jerk was one of the first Steve Martin movies that ever came across. 79. It's the oldest one that we watched. Yep. 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 So, and I'd always loved it, right? It's this idea of the, I love the the boy goes to the big city story. Yeah. I dig it. You know, coming from nothing and you build something. It was just goofing at Steve Martin. Yeah. This movie of all the movies that we have watched, I think in this in our journey together so far, yeah, is the one that has aged the poorest. It is. It's the one that is the still the most problematic, and yeah. that we say that it was problematic watched, in seventy nine. I, I, you, I, you have to give the movie this though. You yeah. ha- must give the movie the line. I was born a poor black. Child. No, this is a f- one of the first things you hear. <laughs> that is among the funniest things that I've yeah. ever fucking heard. It is so funny. But you're absolutely right. This movie doesn't. It doesn't age. It of all the movies, you know, like oh, it didn't age that well. It didn't age that well. And dude, we watched we watched 1978s. Mm-hmm. We watched a bunch of old 78 stuff. House on the last house on the oh left. God, I so... stood in your grave. This one is rough. Yeah. And if the thing the thing about the jerk is, it's like you have movies that that you remember scenes from or quotes from. That you quote Ghostbusters is a great example. Everyone can can rattle off at least five Ghostbusters quotes right, right. or their favorite scene. Right. And then when you go and you rewatch Ghostbusters, you rediscover all this other funny shit that you forgot about, and you're just having a riot the whole time because the whole movie is funny and brilliant. Yeah. You go back to the jerk. Those are the only funny and memorable parts. Agreed. Are the ones that you quote and remember. Everything else. Is kind of dead air and doesn't land at all. There's or, huge, or... Lo- langorous setups for jokes that aren't that funny. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole movie is pretty much a setup for a punchline. At the end, when he, yeah. like, learns, he gets rhythm because he now has, like, had a hard life. Exactly. And you need a hard life to understand the blue. Like, yeah. it's, and that itself is, like, the, the punchline for the joke. Like, the, and the, the social commentary of this black family finally has enough money to get out of their um their their position and, and make something of themselves and right. you fast forward we got you know we got a bigger better house and it's just a slightly bigger better house but they're so it's almost it's stating, like a slightly bigger better version of the shack they were living there in. are it's yeah. almost like stating that like you're kind of stuck where you are if you're there is no getting out of that. it's uncomfortable it's, it's very it's fucking an uncomfortable, uncomfortable movie with some and f- you need the white man to yeah. go out and do that for you because he sends the checks home and that's right good old maven i'm like right it comes across as charming and like cute when you're a kid and you don't understand the the larger yeah like yeah it's just not cozy man at Mm -hmm. all no it was one of the more difficult films to watch Mm -hmm. this this season um not to and not to just say like oh universally the jerk is shitty it's horrible we can put it on the floor yeah but like there are funny moments and funny jokes, and that performances are pretty good. Yeah, but like overall, that there are just certain movies that just don't. don't the movie I'm... is he hates these cans. He's shooting at these cans. I was born a poor black child. I'm picking out a thermos and the fucking, the song that they sing on the beach. Yes, like though that's yes. the move. The parts that you remember, if you've seen this before, or grew up. That's still more cans. That is so funny. Yeah, but that's there's nothing. There isn't those hidden gems of you don't get the Ghostbusters effect of oh my god I forgot how funny the rest of this movie is. Are you menstruating? Yeah, it, like, it's you know the I mean? rest of this movie is just the setup and the ten minutes waiting for the next joke where he names the dog shithead. Like the four, but there's nothing in the between. Four that. good moments. You wait for those and they're strung together by like pretty problematic yeah. racism. Yeah, we're be- Yeah, and we're better movies have. They're fun and engaging the entire way. This, through. if you like, the jerk is a perfect movie for YouTube because you just go find you like, find the scene. Yep, you go find like the, the can jerk scene. can scene, and yep. you have great fun for five minutes. You watch that. You can watch the opening sequence. It yep. is a little cringy, but it's pretty funny. When <laughs> when he's trying to snap his fingers and he can't get it, his brother comes in. He's like, "I wrapped your sandwich in cellophane, just like you like." I mean, there's some there's, there's some, some funny, funny stuff in the, in the beginning. It's still a little. It bit is. Like, it's definitely a little. Yeah, you kind of like you got you're looking around, seeing who in that else in the room is kind of bummed. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. So the jerk belongs on the floor for sure. And we'll talk about secretary when we mm-hmm. get there. All right. Oh, we're getting down to the last four, Carl. All right. Me first. Left hand, give me first. Okay, I got that one. that'll be the gimme gimmies. What do you got? Me first in the gimme gimmies. Oh, oh right. Okay. On, Here man. we go. Best cover band ever. Me, you first in the gimme gimmies? You never heard of me first in the gimme gimmies? No. All right. You have a, you have a Google I slash have some YouTube. Homework? Yeah. Well, I think you and I might. I have Steve Martin fingers. Anyway, go ahead. Do you too? Wait. 1987's Roxanne. 1983's The Man with Two Brains. Okay. This is easy. It is easy. This is an easy one. Oh yeah. Let's rock. Do, let, do you want Let's get to talking about The okay. Man with Two Brains, but clearly Roxanne is the is the the favorite of those yeah. two. The Man with Two Brains suffers from very similar problems that the jerk does. And the love bug. And the love bug. There are snoozy parts in this movie. Snoozy parts and with the jerk where it's a little bit of not even veiled racism just overt <laughs> casual not, racism and not just racism but like there is some sort of like misogynistic stuff Big in time. here and in the man with two brains it is very much that killing a woman to get 
her body mm-hmm. to transplant a brain into murdering a human being. Yeah. Well, of course, and he doesn't do it. No. He like... Damn I close, though, I especially when she starts singing Duke of Oil. When she... <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it my voice? Yeah, show, show me your tit. Like, he literally is yeah. like, let me look at your body. Let me show you. It's This is serial killer shit. He's yeah. like... I, it's, it's like Buffalo Bill being like, I need I need your skin. Yeah, yeah. your skin looks beautiful. Shut, your, shut up. Don't talk. Because... But you know, like talking the, makes you human. When she like she pops the blouse and shows it, he's it's like, it's kind of gross. It's like checking the teeth on a horse. Yeah, sort of a little thing. bit. So that part is very uncomfortable, and there's a lot of stuff like that in yeah. here. Because that's the it's that, the setup joke payoff setup joke payoff it's an, over and over it's and an over early again. 80s rom-com which kind of always have some trouble except yeah. for working girl is it what's it called working girls with working the, girls with, with Dolly sigourney, Le- sigourney weaver and uh no wait I don't think it's Sigourney Weaver, but it's Dolly. It's is Dolly. Oh, Parton I know the movie the you're talking about. Yeah, they, I think the, so. they yeah. accidentally think they kill their boss. Yes, that movie is one of the rare like '80s like um kind of like mm-hmm. girl flicks that are woman. Well, the problem with like the 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 rom coms in the '80s and '90s, it's all about the dude who is in love with the woman that ain't having it, and kind of goes obsessive compulsive and kind of stalkery to the point where she says, "Fine, I'll be with you." Like, exactly, like when that's the plot. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, um, no, I'm leaving you. And it's like, well, all right, if I just, but if I just like make your life a living hell, then yeah. it would just be easier for you to be with me. It's, and then at the end, there's the a laugh track. Ch- and it used to be, ch- not used to be, it never was charming for John Cusack to hold the, the radio up over his head and say anything and blare the music into a room and she doesn't want him to be there. Like, right, bro, take a hint. You got to go away now. You got you to gotta fucking leave, dude. Her dad's a cop. He's going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I heard so- <laughs> Don't you watch the news? Um, I, I say co-op like I'm from Chicago. Well, that's the only way to say co-op. It is. <laughs> Coffee and co-op. You got to say them that way. Um, I, wa- I saw something on Instagram today, actually, that is very much in what we're talking about right now. Because I thought it was a joke until I watched that. So I was like going through right. reels looking for Greta Van Fleet concert footage because I just Fuck. love watching the lead singer of Greta Van Fleet sing because his range is insane. But then you get to like... I got to this like guy and he's like screaming into a microphone and sometimes I'll watch that too because it's home recording. I'm like, yeah. oh cool, indie artist. He does some hardcore like metal shit. Metal's Check it not out. very in vogue. Let's listen. And then he's like, you can see the lyrics, and he's doing his like, <gasps> you know, which I love. I love screaming and, and mm-hmm. metal music. And I'm, wa- I'm ra- watching the lyrics and I thought it was a parody or a joke because the lyrics are all like, well, I guess everything's going j- just perfect for you right now. You found this new guy. Your career's really taken off. And I'm like, okay, so now he's going to start like being self-deprecating. Right. But really, it's like, don't you remember when you said you would love me forever? And I, I'm so glad you're being so happy, but I'm still heartbroken. And this wasn't and parody or farce? No, this was just him like, like screaming his diary entry out to the world. And his diary entry was like, you broke up with me, and now everything is going right for you. And I'm like, guy, yeah, you dude. have the perspective to realize that that means that you were the fucking problem in her life because <laughs> right. she broke up with you, and now her life is good. And you can clearly see how happy she is at this yes. point. Yes, her response to the breakup was to suddenly become a fulfilled and like fully realized human being, and yours was to make a shitty little Instagram video about how your ex-girlfriend's a bitch because she's doing good after she broke up with you. You're a fucking cunt you, you guy. get over it, you motherfucker. Yes! And I'm like, and now, like, in the context like, of Like, I've had men, a bad breakup and been sad. And you, right. do, you do get, like, you're like, well, fine, fuck you then. Like, go be happy, whatever. But then at right. some point, like, you have to realize, like, oh, she's moved, she's moved on. Right. She's with somebody else right now. I've got to figure my shit out. Yes. Like, 
right have exactly. a little internal conversation right with so yourself it's like about was I to blame for some probably exactly okay so the so the or maybe break, it just didn't work out like whatever so the man. breakup happened and now she's married with kids and she's got like a, a booming career and you're still like in your parents basement screaming into like your shitty little microphone microphone. about how like sad you are that she broke your heart and once upon a time she said she loved you forever yeah i was in high school once too i told several people that i would love them forever there's there's a big difference between courtship and stalking and that's what he's know the fucking difference dude and that is primarily what rubs me the wrong way about the man man with two two brains brains. but we do see both happen here Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. courtship with the mom hey that's a courtship. Okay. Now, he, this is the jerk thing because yeah. now we did we did kind of come at the man with two brains immediately. We but went hard. This is easily one of the funniest. Like, I would it's argue. Side splitting funny. The funny the bits funny of this bits. might be the funniest bits of all the Steve when, Martin when, when the scientist makes him a cocktail and it's a flaming tiki drink with the longest straw you've ever seen and Steve Martin can't navigate his way around the giant straw. The giant straw. Well, like, yeah. He, they, and they, like, ordering obscure Polynesian cocktails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watching the stuntman spill Almost fire all over fire. all over everything. Watching that. The the wordplay of, like, yeah. Momohe. You yeah. know, like that. Doctor Necessitor. Yeah, it's like his last name, her last oh, name, hard. him. The and talk about physicality. This is where we get the 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 DUI test and the yep. juggling. Yep. The the like walking the line on his hands. Um, See, this movie is very much them just stringing together a bunch of his stand up bits into a movie. Right, and those parts are, are gold. Funny. Watching yeah. him walk through the walls in the <laughs> in the fucking laboratory. You know, these walls are paper thin, and I mean that they are made of paper. <laughs> They're made of paper, and then he's, so he's just like you know, there's you see this big like wooden door, and you're like he'll never get through it, and then he just walks through it because it's paper. You know, like there's so much shit in here yeah. that is like. Tears streaming mm-hmm. down your face, funny. But then there's also Should like, I be with this girl. Give me a sign. Is this the movie where he's like, where like she or is it she or he like threatens to kill themselves because they can't be together? Or is that Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? That's I think she's like, if you have like, I'll kill myself, and then yeah, because she's doing. It's, They're like out on the ba- on the ledge or yeah. whatever, and like climbing around, and yeah. oh right, and he uh, <laughs> yeah he has to do his hand suction cups. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's doing his hand suction cups. So and then it like starts to slide. I don't have so any she has spit. to like give me some spit. So she like licks his yeah. hand a bunch, and like it's kind of gross. Yeah. like there's, but it's. It's a funny movie. Like this is, I would, ne- I don't think I would say to people like, watch the jerk. If I find out you're a huge Steve Martin fan and you're a completist and you've never seen it, sure. Yeah, I would recommend this movie. To people. Oh, I still would. Definitely. I, w- I, w- I brought this over to a um, like mid COVID, sure. having an outdoor movie watch. We brought this over to like Micah and Kristen and, yeah. and Tony and Leslie, like, and we all had a hoot. Where we we like to think of ourselves as very. You know, forward-thinking people. And, sure, you know, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, there wasn't a single one of us that wasn't like, our guts just like sore as fuck after watching the movie Definitely. and laughing so goddamn much. Yeah, but yeah. But there it's, are also a lot of groans and a lot of like, oh, that doesn't quite work you, anymore. The, the biggest, I think, the thing that really kind of puts the nail in the foot of this movie is the. Uh, is the the like that serial killer thing at the end trying yeah. to, trying to get a body for the brain? It gets really weird and uncomfortable really dark. and very dark very quickly. And it's just because he's horny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know what the scary the, the scary part about that movie? And uh, I'm now if I was gonna sit here and I can't try, fuck a gorilla. 
Well, the problem is, like, if I'm sitting here and trying to be like, well, the deeper, profound right. metaphor, you could do that if you wanted, but that's not what this movie's doing. It's not even trying a little bit no, to do that. No, no, but like, what makes it, that's the scary thing. It's the same thing in The Jerk, which is like, you essentially have a mass shooter as a joke. And in this movie, you have a horny, you have a horny guy who can't get laid, so he's going to go out and kill a woman to facilitate sex. Right. That happens so frequently. And we now know and have seen enough stories in 2021 of that exact thing happening that women being afraid of intensely violent men who are just looking for sex out of them or who are like becoming like enraged because of their like blue balls isn't really funny anymore in 2021. It's scary. So to see that in this movie amidst a bunch of jokes, it's it's kind of it's, it's what it's, it doesn't age that no. chunks of this movie don't age and that's kind of what cost it in this round All right, we're down to the last two so I'm gonna throw them up in the air and oh, wherever they oh, land oh, wherever they oh, land is where oh. we all right This one's closer to me. Yep, so it's mine. Yep, fair. Okay This will be easy Will it? Yeah, read 2013's her 2019's portrait of a lady on fire. Well, it's her it is her But I that's not, almost not fair we need to talk okay. about it now. So it's clearly her. These I'll fold these up now. Carl, I almost feel you like start. it's not fair just because I would never budge on Portrait of. I just don't like the movie. It wasn't made for me though, and I understand that. Like I'm not. I don't think I don't feel like movies of this quality and caliber necessarily have an intended audience. They are a piece of art that is meant to be watched and. And you you get you you watch the thing. Oh, and like take, the difference between like a Marvel movie, right? And like, like a like this. We're, I I don't feel like at any point the writer director cast had the conversation of. So is this movie for men or women from thirty five to seventy five? That is not even a consideration at all. I, it's interesting you say that because w- this was one of the ones we did with Connor. Yeah, and Connor. It's one of his favorite movies of the year. Absolutely, he said that it was his favorite movie of yeah. the year. You know, yeah. of because we we did it in 2020 but like it had come out just just previously Mm -hmm. and one of the things we talk about is how much of that movie looks like a painting yeah like looks like a visual piece of just visual beautiful to me this movie feels like like a van gogh or like a you know a klimt painting where Mm -hmm. we're like you don't think i don't think klimt is sitting down and being like all right now i really need the like 18 to 27 year yeah. old market to dig this painting so maybe i'll throw in like you know a cell purple's phone. in right now yeah 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 they're just doing their thing and mm-hmm. then when you look at it you're gonna it's gonna hit you or it's not gonna hit you and you're gonna respond to it or you won't but i did see the crazy thing as i did have a response it was a very negative one well right but it still affected me in some sure way. sure i didn't I didn't disregard the film as like, oh, no, it's garbage. I'll never watch it again. Yeah. It's like, I can see it for what it is. It's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Clearly is. Um, this was a main season. I think this was episode three. Yeah, no, it was It's either early. episode two or three yeah. of season four. So, listener, if you haven't heard our episode on Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's a very interesting conversation. Yeah. Primar- one of the- Just listen to the last ten minutes. It's the best part. When, when I'm allowed to go <laughs> through my notes for notes, 10 minutes. When you just read your notes, it's really funny. <laughs> but, like... There are there have been a couple episodes in the past where we all hated the movie. Yeah. There have been a couple episodes in the past where Carl and I disagreed on the movie, mm-hmm. and then he either budges and comes around to because let's be ob- let's be honest, I'm always I like every fucking thing I see, which is fine. I think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. Great, yeah. No, but like sometimes sometimes I can, but just by sheer force of like Carl, let me just show you my brain, <laughs> and I open my skull up, and I oh. and either Carl can can see what I'm seeing, or Carl's like. Max, you literally just like everything. This was a bad movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally fine. 
But I, I, I feel like I'm getting to the point where I can distinguish between the two. Yeah, yeah, where I'm not. I just, everything is which good. Is, which, that's why I'm here, Max. I know, it's to show me what, yeah. what's bad. To yeah. show me why you're wrong. <laughs> to show you why you're wrong. <laughs> to show me why you're wrong. Yeah, so you just revel in my ignorance, is what you're saying. Oh. Um, but no, yeah, so that's an interesting episode because, because of... Because of how that room split up, Connor obviously loved it. Yeah. I obviously loved it. And was, oh, Bird was on that episode too. Yeah, I think she was like more than lukewarm. I mean, I think she was definitely enjoyed she, it more than I did. She, yeah, yeah. I, I'd say it was like me and Connor fucking loved it. Bird was kind of in the middle, and you didn't like it at all. No, not at all. So going going through that episode, have you have you like revisited it at all or thought not about yet, it again? But it is. I will. You are planning I'm to look at it I'm going to give this movie another watch. I think it deserves it. I think I said that on the episode. Yeah, near the end. Yeah, I think the movie did. deserves me like getting out of my own head and sitting down and, and watching it for what it is. Did you watch then, it alone? Or I did, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think it would be... I watched it with Bird, and that was part of what made it good was this is this is actually not a bad like date night movie. Yeah. Um, I would recommend it. I... I think that when you should, you and Danielle should watch it together. Sure. There's really nothing in there that's that wild. I'm going to put this next to Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid because I, I will give myself the homework. I don't home- think you have to. Well, this is what I want to do, okay, though. Okay, yeah, yeah. I want to give myself the homework to rewatch this sure. with Danielle mm-hmm. and see if anything has changed. Okay. And if it has, we can come back around on it for possible I will pin Dark Horse. All of our Dark Horse maybes, I'll pin to my cork board cool. so that we know awesome. what they are. And, if and we you- only have two out of the whole hat, which isn't... For now. Which for isn't, now. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too terribly bad. All right, so... It's time for the the second tier of shootout movies. We're d- now the the movies are back in the hat, and so we've sort of distilled it down. Yeah, this is the where first filtration has happened, which is, is always the easiest. Hard. This is when this is when you've just pressed your your base wine, so we and you put it down in the uh, and, and it's down in the fermenting yeah. tank, and now you've got the glycol sleeve to a temperature that's cold enough for all that sediment and pulp to settle, mm-hmm. and we have racked. Our wine for the first time. Mm-hmm. So this is we've done the first racking. I always think of, the, I, I always think that this round is the hardest round. The middle round. Yep, because yeah. once you've killed all of the movies that clearly weren't going to win, you're just left with good movies. By the like last. Because these are last ones round, that we've given a thumbs up to already. Yeah, these yeah. are already ones that we clearly liked. All right, it's time, Carl. Get your boner My pills God out. Damn it. It's 2002's secretary. Okay. All right, so I think this... Okay, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. 1971's Tulane Blacktop. So, it's secretary for me. It's secretary for me as well. Yeah. I didn't have to, like, think about it. Um, so, let's, again... Mm-hmm. Let me put secretary Yeah. over here. We'll talk about you later. Definitely. I'm still stewing. I'm still... <laughs> Myself boiling the ball juice. I don't know. <laughs> boiling your ball juice. Sure. Boiling, so well, yeah, we'll wait to talk about secretary until we absolutely must. Until we're fully engorged. Until we have to fight over it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, or fuck over it. Or fuck over it. Like one of the two is going to happen. Don't fight. Well, actually, I might just spank you. Would you say hottest movie? Okay, really Dude, quick. Yeah. Hottest movie that we watched this year? Easily. But hands one down. One of the hottest movies I've ever watched. Period. Ever seen. Like, I'm with you. You can fuck off like <laughs> strip tees and showgirls and like. Showgirls can eat my shorts. Oh, well, secretary. Anyway, is horrible, but this fuck. movie is hot. Tulane Blacktop. All right. Now here's the thing. Here's where I'm sitting. Is like if I was gonna pick a dark horse, if we yeah. were, if we could only have two, it would be Dead Men and and Tulane. Okay, we can do that. Because yeah, we, I don't think Portrait's gonna come back. I don't think it will. Honestly, for me, Portrait of a Lady on Fire does not beat Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Fair. Okay. So if I'm gonna, but Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid and Tulane is kind of an interesting thing. That for me. is. Yeah. So Tulane Blacktop because we're getting rid of it. 
closing thoughts on it. You mm-hmm. can listen to the episode and hear me just cry and rhapsodize about how it affected and me. And but... it was one of my favorite episodes to just be a part of in just being present with you rediscovering the movie on mic. It's yeah. one of the great things about this show is is hearing someone else's perspective on the movie that you just watched right. and like getting considering things that weren't even close to your radar. Um, do you have an example? Like, well, I didn't. I did not make the Christine Tulane blacktop connection as far as the um, this this piece of machinery is 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 asking from you to give your blood and your life for. It's, I didn't see that connection right, of these sure. being um, sister films at all until you started talking about it and and rediscovering those scenes as you know a, the ca- the car doesn't work unless you. Then less mechanic is under there for two hours and is is busting his knuckles open on piston right. valves and shit. Cost I don't know, blood. I don't know car parts. Is that a car part piston valve? I don't know. Yeah, the piston valve. It's right Cru- next to the, the shank. The shank tube. And <laughs> it's right next to the exhaust belt. Right. Exactly. Um, I know aircraft. I don't know <laughs> sure, cars. Sure. That's funny. It's like because because I was an aircraft mechanic in the navy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go. And some people will know that, and I'll go over and like they're like, "Hey, my lawnmower is broke. Do you think you can fix that?" I'm like, "I fixed. I fixed." c-130s not i can't i don't know a lawnmower right and i had like schematics and flow charts and like uh like man maintenance and mim i had a maintenance instruction manual that went step one unscrew bolt c c chart so you know like so you do that like if you have an mim for your for your lawnmower maybe (laughs) but anywho (laughs) so i don't know car parts is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah for for me the mim for it i might be able to figure it out but i get you but seeing Seeing that, like, yeah, yeah, Tulane Blacktop to me, Tulane Blacktop to me is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of, of like the the road movie thing, the the like rebels because in all the other movies like with rebels against uh, rebels without a cause you know like Mm -hmm. we're gonna throw our leather jackets on and jump jump on our Harleys or jump in our like cool coupe or whatever. The thing that they're fighting against is always the man. Right. Cops, the establishment, the straight world. Even Tulane Blacktop has some of that. Y'all ain't hippies, is ya? You know, like there's some of that in there. But the thing about Tulane Blacktop that really hit hard for me is in this movie, what they are up against is not the establishment. It's being co-opted by the establishment. What these road racers are fighting against is weekend warrior road racers mm-hmm. watching their their dream and their struggle and their sacrifice and the life that they live getting like watered down into an experience that you can buy and enjoy in small sips. It, it become because it's becoming that whole. It's almost becoming like commercialized and it's become ticky tacky now where it's like everything looks the same. It's all the new hot special car. Everyone's a driver now. Where you that's why everyone is so impressed and and jaw drop when that when their car when rolls up Chevy. yeah they're like holy fuck this yeah. is like we're fucked <laughs> yeah this but, is a this is a real but car all, but some of the hitchhikers already know and gto the, is there to express that well they know the numbers on the gto like yeah it's got right. this engine in it and that's its horsepower people already know the car because either they've got one or their neighbors got one or everyone's fucking got but one. everyone has to ask them to pop the hood on this because no it can be anything what the hell that. even is that what yeah. that sound the sound of that car of a car that they've mm. that's what I, I like seeing the you can almost see we just did a, a, a Jacob's ladder, so like this this like fabricated reality. Yeah. You can almost kind of see a weird like the stamp, you know, as it goes and it's like 
here's your rebellion. Right. Come over here and pick up your pick up rebellion your rebellion kit. Yeah, rebellion kit. It's got uh, 386 horsepower. You know, and it's like, all right, cool. And then the next shop over, That's they're making leather jackets. A lot. It's I'm, like, I'm getting there too, yeah. which is why, like, when I, anytime Bird and I talk about bikes, it's like, do you want? Oh, let's get a vintage Harley. It's like, no, no, no. The, the Harley thing has been co-opted. Yeah. It didn't old, used to be. No, give me an old Triumph or give me a Cafe Racer it's be, or a Bobber. It's, it's or, become Las Vegas, man. It's like... <laughs> yeah, like where it almost becomes... It almost becomes like this this like, this like cycle that you get trapped in. Right. You know, this masturbatory mirror where you're like, look how cool I look in my car, but you're not putting in the time. It's like, it's kind of like the fake woke... Not, not woke, but like the 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 fake enlightened thing where it's like you are always posting about like meditating and oh i'm this and oh that but but you actually don't really meditate that often like once a week but you talk about it like a lot about all the way and yeah man i've like but but you're not really walking the walk you're just to me if you're you're really on like a t-shirt if you're and this is gonna be sound so shitty and judgmental but if you're gonna be in that state and that's really your focus is to be this meditative searching for serenity sort of person you're not gonna post your post meditation screenshot to fucking facebook right like why are you you're not even gonna consider that if you're truly if truly that is what you're going for well i to push back slightly which is fine because i'm talking directly out of my asshole (laughs) some of the there are there are people who who do exactly that Duncan Trussell Russell Brand Russell Brand's got a YouTube channel That's only like Guided meditations mm-hmm. And stuff like that But it's the I don't necessarily mind The like Just meditated Oh right. my god Cause like This is something that I have done in the past Which is like Just meditated Oh I can't believe I got away from this Right Or like day two Or like day six Of right. meditating I'm noticing these changes The big thing is like When In I guess it's just it's not even so much about social media. It's about and Tulane Blacktop. This is we're still talking about yep, this movie yep. because it's the difference between the mask and the veneer and what lies beneath, which is the driver and the mechanic, they walk the walk. And sure, when they pull up, they'll talk about their yeah, car, absolutely. they go to races. They're proud like, of it. They'll yeah, they'll tell you exactly how many times that they've you know, they, won a race. They or will I don't close I don't or, tend to run the Chevy against garbage. You right. know, like they are not afraid to like engage on the terms of their of not How about five hundred motherfucker or whatever he says in the guy when they're yeah. making the bet. I think he says it's like make it five yards and you got yourself an automobile race or whatever. Yeah. Um but like it's and then there's there's the difference between that, which is when you scratch the surface on the on the driver and the mechanic, you know, you they're bleeding oil. Yeah. But when you go to like GTO, that dude's like he wants to talk about his car. He's talking about his car, but he doesn't even know that his car is on the verge of a breakdown. He needs the mechanic to tell him you're about to throw a piston head. Rod. Yeah, man. He's like your your alternator fluids about to just start drying sp- up, spraying out the head head cleaners. <laughs> Need to replace your 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 wing chains. You got a bad shifter rod here, and your radio fluid is like almost <laughs> empty. Your antenna belts busted off. You're about to lose all your FM stations. <laughs> yeah. You get half the AMs are going with them if you right. don't take care of this right now. <laughs> but like that, and but that's and that's the thing about GTO. Yeah, you know where it's like GTO is the guy who goes on Instagram and does his reel about like we can all be one if we just meditate. And then you're like, awesome. How often do you meditate? And you're like, well, I need to get back to it. Right. And you're like. Look, if you're not doing it now, if it's not an intrinsic part of your life, why are you presenting as though it is part of your life? Yeah. I know a couple people. The, the old school 90s term for that is poser. Yes. 
Yeah. And we, we can do the 90s term. Like, this movie predicts, to me, the people who... Pr- there's a certain person Poser that culture? I have in mind. There's, a, there's one person I have in mind. But, like, there's people on Instagram... Because I'm off Facebook entirely now. But, like, there are people on Instagram who will post love and light and like we're all one and we need to really like empathize and it's all about love and unity and then you meet that person in real life and they fucking suck Mm -hmm. they're angry they're bitter they're shitty they're catty and you're like but i was just on your social media and you're like an enlightened guru on your social media people seek you out (laughs) why are you such a like you're such a fucker in real life but your mask is like this enlightened thing this is gto yeah you know, where it's like, I'm a road racer, I'm a road... But really, when you scratch... And that's the crazy thing about GTO and Two Lane Blacktop is when you scratch through that mask, there's nothing behind it. It's not even like a, a weekend warrior there, or a skate. Yeah, there is, though, but it's not... It's the sad... You don't even know what it is. You don't even know what it is, but it's just... You just know that it's kind of sad. And that's the best part about the driver. And that's that's where the dry, that's where the rubber meets the road, yeah. Carl. Is because as soon as GTO kind of is made, and we don't know because he's a pathological liar yep. who just creates backstories that fit the circumstances he's in. I think it's interesting that while he's in the driver's car and he has no, he doesn't have his car to fall back on. Yeah. He doesn't self-aggrandize. He goes into a sob story as though to explain why his car is losing this race. And the he's like. You know, it just got so hard after my wife left me. And the driver's like, I don't want to hear it, man. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, that's your thing. I'm just driving. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. This is not a pose. This is who you are. And then it Warren Oates gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as this movie progresses. And until all you're left with is like the sound of a factory stamped American dream. Jesus Christ. I know it's a fucking masterpiece. Boom. Yeah, it so is. So Tulane Blacktop is a hell of a flick. I, I want to put it on. I'm, gonna, I say, I'm gonna put it over here next to my or I, you wanna put it on the yeah, let's put we, it, Oh, that's right. We, we put We got rid of that on one, the, so I say right now. I'd be those, more than happy to. Yeah, that's it's worth revisiting. How many do we have in the hat? Is it four? Three. There's four. There's okay. four left. Right, because we get the. It's the next time we'll we'll have the the triangle. The triangle of, of oh, the triangle of something, dude. It's scary because that's when we're gonna have to deal with secretary. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is fucking hard, dude. I. What do you got? I have two, 2013. Yeah, twenty thirteen. <laughs> numbers are. Oh, hard. I know what this it's is. It's her, man. 2005's Brokeback Mountain. Okay, we're going to have to do some talking now. This is actually a difficult film. This, yeah, is the this is the first one. Welcome welcome to the shootout, ladies and gentlemen. We got lucky with this. We this did. Was a lot we of have been having such an easy time with this. A breeze. Most, most of this has been like saying goodbye to movies that we like, but now we have to figure this shit out. All right, out. I think we're going to do this how we, I think we've done in the past. We're going to take a minute and on count of three, we'll each say a one. Tell me, if you ha- tell me when you have yours in mind. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have it. You do have it? I have it. We'll do the lethal weapon, three, two, one, and then go. Three, two, one, then go? Yeah. Give me two more seconds. All right. This is hard. I know, This dude. is a very it's hard really decision. Hard. Okay, really hard. shit. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So her, walking Phoenix, we got Scarlett Johansson, we've uh-huh. got... Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. Um, three, two, one, then go. We, we pull we pull rigs out of the tub and the house explodes? Yeah. All right. Do you want me to count it down? Yes, please. Three... Two, one, broke, broke back, back mountain. mountain. Okay. Whoa. I got real nervous. Oh there. my god, <laughs> Carl! For dude, up until up until you said two, I was on her. I flipped while you were counting. That's crazy. God damn. Do you want to okay. know what's really crazy? What, did you do it too? I did. 
Okay, and you know what? That right there, even though we were unanimous on Brokeback Mountain, what just happened should sell you, that, listener. It hurts so bad. Double it's, high five, motherfucker. Dude, like literally oh. on two, I went from her to Brokeback Mountain Ditto. with a thousand percent certainty. I was at 99% enough that I'm not going to yeah. go back on oh, it. But I can't, no. Listener, the wow, fact that. Wow, dowie doozies, the, dude. Dude, look at the goosebumps. <laughs> the fact that her loss just now has nothing to do with the quality of her. Zero. Her is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Her is a 100 out of 100. Everybody listening to this right now should watch that movie. I think it's. I think it is Joaquin Phoenix's best performance. In his career so far, I haven't seen Joe. I haven't seen all of his shit. I haven't seen Joker. I haven't seen Joker is inspired. We'll, we'll talk about it sure. someday. For, yeah, but for we'll definitely definite. talk about it for sure. But there, he there, there's a little bit of he's doing a bit of a bit. Yeah. sometimes some of the so it gets a little bit like oh you're doing a th- a thing you're making a choice. Sure, it's, it's a little more clear what choices he's making and when and why. Got where this in is her very it's natural. like just natural and. I don't think I've ever felt I've no, I fell in love with I fell in love with a computer voice and I fell in love with Joaquin Phoenix. I fell in love with a computer and and a man watching this film. It was incredible, dude. For for so many different reasons and the journey that you take in understanding not only the the story that it's being told, but it's it's just like Shakespeare, man, in Hamlet. He's holding a mirror up to nature and it's like painful to to have to deal with that yeah that this is you're not seeing the movie is a futuristic love story but it's telling you the story of today i mean it's like during at the time that we watched it which would be january of 2021 yeah when we watched her that movie was like an almost it was almost too mm-hmm. perfectly analogous to like my lived experience it was frightening at times. I just, I, it, it's an overwhelming movie. Mm-hmm. It really, that's a great way of putting it. For some, it came out in 2013. Yeah. Almost 10 years before the pandemic. It's, and it's, uh, six years. Well, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know your math is so, yeah, I, I, we I'm made very, our shot I'm in very generous with my, my year math. It's, it's impeccably shot. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly written. It's, perfectly acted yeah it's and it's not her is not lacking anything that's not why it lost to broke back mountain it now we're getting into there are certain times on the show if for listeners who are just tuning in for the first time there's certain times on the show where you stack two flawless masterpieces against each other and the only thing that differentiates them is how carl and i are feeling right now at this moment that's just how the show fucking works yep because if There's we, really no other way to do it, because no. otherwise you'd be on the carousel for forever. Like, imagine, if these two had come up against each other at the beginning of this shootout, we would be we might be talking about her right now in Brokeback Mountain. Exactly. Could be like a dark horse or on but the floor. But we've talked about several different movies now. And that has put... And it's It's changed a mindset exactly. or something, but... Which is what I love about it. That's a very... It's not Gnostic, but I'm becoming very much more aware of how, like, things influence other things it's like the butterfly threads yeah yeah, yeah. see the fingers in the water a little bit well we watched a lot of movies recently that kind of engendered a lot of of that (laughs) but i think that's it's an interesting thing and if uh, the danger though is to 
to focus more and be present to notice that all the time, you'd lose your fucking mind. Definitely. So what happened? Then you'd have like exactly you'd have like analysis paralysis at that point. Like, well, if I do this, what is that going to do for the next? Like, how is that going to ripple effect? Now you just lose your fucking mind. Right. But it's interesting though to like be aware of that and understanding that has something to do with you know her sitting on Conan instead of. Broke Instead back of Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. God, the Conan board game, which is in front oh, of Oh, right. People don't understand. That, it's like the mic stand is on Conan, the board game. Yeah, it's the it's the Conan board game, which is outstanding for Monolith Games. You should play it. It's really... it's one, like, of the, one of the most successful Kickstarters of that year, I believe. It was. Yeah. It was. And then the King Box came out the next year, which is the complete and total... Like, they redid the rule book. Ultimate they edition. They tweaked everything so it's more balanced. Oh, it's a great game. Seek it out if you can. Definitely. Um, And also seek out her because mm-hmm. you're right it's it's probably the best joaquin phoenix that i've seen so yeah. far and scarlett johansson we never see her the fact that we never see her and yet did you fall in love with her absolutely yeah absolutely i you sure know, did i did um i did an episode of cassandra explains it all uh like a couple months ago on fight club mm-hmm. and i love that episode but one of the coolest things about the fight club episode for me was i had just watched her like a month before and the other guest on Cassandra Explains It All sounded like Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my God. And when we did the Skype call, she didn't have her camera rolling. So it was kind of like talking. It was like being in her. Oh, my but God. Like, like it's just like Joaquin Phoenix is like out with friends and someone she's brought like along talking to 10,000 other people is it Sam? right now. Sam, I think, yeah. So God, that broke my heart all over again. Like, how many people are when you talking the, to right now? Yeah, when he finally asks her, well, how many... And he sits on the stairs, all of the other humans walking by, talking to their AI. And it's about 10,040 or whatever she says. Shit. And how many of them that are walking... Real humans that are walking past him on that how many people are talking to her. How many people are you in love with right, right. now? All of them. Well, not she all can. of them, but there's like a couple thousand A couple thousand. Or yeah. But she can't. She, she has the ability to do that. And it's not... We we put jealousy in that whole thing. It's it's a very human created piece of bullshit, really. Sure. It's it's very much a possessive we're very possessive creatures, we humans. I think it's also an ingrained conservatism because jealousy ensures that you maintain ownership and possession. Right. Which creates a, a form of stasis. Well it also creates a form of you have units and so you if the, the closer those units are, the better you can defend against threat. Sure. So it's, it's like a survival thing. Okay. I've Everything always... breaks down the survival of either fucking eating and not dying by a giant well, bear. Possessing a mate doesn't necessarily... For me, if what you're trying to do is like spread around as much of your genes as you can right. from an evolutionary standpoint... I've been thinking... I've thought about jealousy in the past specifically because when we were doing two ply, I was looking at all the seven mm. deadly sins. Um, when we were kind of like working on the first draft of that script and I was thinking about what like jealousy and what motivates it. And I was like... I was like, it. I don't even think it's necessarily like wanting to maintain just ma- just maintain right. ownership because really, from an evolutionary standpoint, like the hookup is is the idea. It's like, right. all right, spread your genes around as much as possible. Get you know, like how many babies can you have with how many different people, right. so that you can ensure your your genetic legacy from right. an evolutionary For standpoint. Sure. Yeah. What I was thinking is like jealousy actually kind of takes a weird, like a weird additional layer, which mm-hmm. is. If this person falls in love with someone else, or if someone else comes and takes this away from me, then I will have lost that and will have to start fresh. Right. And it's almost born out of the like concept of monogamy in a way because it's going to change your situation. And humans don't like change. No, we don't. 
because we're we're built to survive to use the least amount of energy possible. Right. So we don't want to have to, to reinvest and fight a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course there's other, you know, there's other things that motivate jealousy, sure. but but like but what fucking fight a bear? Eat I want that. that's a t-shirt. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a like a drinking horn and an axe on yeah, it. Eat exactly. fuck fight a bear. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, man. Her is pretty fucking good. Yeah, dude. That's a pretty excellent movie. Um, this is, I mean, I love physical media, but it's hard to like have room for physical media, so I'm very selective. This is a this is a Blu-ray purchase for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, this I don't know if they're in the library. There might be a Criterion release. I think of there it. there may be. I don't know yeah. if there is. If there is, this would be worth. This would be. This is you know like we say like oh this one's worth buying. Bone pressing. Yeah, this one's this one's worth getting. Some movies are worth getting the Criterion. Yeah, this, this one is one is, of them. Yeah, if there's. Sh- yeah, if there's a bare bones, <laughs> special features include a menu. Yeah. Or pay an extra twenty bucks. Special features include director like commentary, five hours, five of, hours of interview. Get that. Fucking shell out the extra Definitely twenty get that. and get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Before we put it away, yeah. Do we want to consider it for a swap in our dark horses, or are we comfortable with saying I would uh, adieu? For her, I would be willing to switch out Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Because this is why we both had it picked until two. That's true. That says a lot. I agree. I think Tulane needs to stay. God damn it, the, the, Dora Plaid feels a little is, bit raising Arizona to me. It is really funny. It I is feel re- like we. I feel like we need something like that in the dark horse just to keep us honest. Yeah, like to you make know? us consider. Uh, okay, okay. So between, swap it for Tulane Black. Okay, happy to. Swap it for Tulane. I'm going to come back around on Tulane just to watch again. Definitely, definitely, myself. definitely. But as soon as you were talking about like the, like everyone, I, I'm remembering elements of her now, mm-hmm. you know, like the fact that every single, by the end of the movie, you find out that like almost everyone has their own personal AI. They're falling in love with their AI. The stressed mom video game that's going mm-hmm. on where you like. Don't, oh my don't god! Don't your, kill the baby. <laughs> well, I love it where they're like, do, at, "Oh no, you fed your children too much sugar. You're a bad mom. Now get to school and give all the kids cupcakes, and then you're a good mom." And you're like, "Wait, those things are contradictory." Yeah, you just sugar versus sugar, but it's when you Her, decide to give them the sugar. Well, it it actually is the Tulane blacktop thing. Like, what do you do in the privacy of your a good mothers? Don't feed their children sugar, but good mothers feed other. They bring pe- a cake to the cakewalk, right? Yeah. Other parents' children sugar because now you're you're this this performative thing exactly. Yeah, her is fucking really good. All right, last there are two. like hidden Mickey's in it. It's not a Disney movie, but it. This one's me. Go. There's one's a me. lot of shit hidden in the background in that movie, dude. Of her. Of her. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's we talked insane. about it in the episode. Yeah. Is is it a dystopian film? Because we're in Los Angeles and there are no minorities in the movie at no, all. It's very whitewashed, dude, and it's uncomfortable. Well, but we came down on it too, which is like, all right, so is like, oh, is this movie racist? And I'm like. We all, I think we all agreed. Like, no, it's actually just showing us a dystopia. Yeah, there's no minorities anymore in this future. They're for whatever reason they are not in the city. Are they in the slums? Are they pushed out? Are they gone? Like, what happened at this point? And everybody's completely addicted to AI, and human connection has ended. Yeah, that's probably you hire someone to write your fucking letters for you. That's probably why. Let's talk. We'll talk about it later. But that's probably why Brokeback come out ahead for me. Is like there's a there's a layer of uncomfortably close to reality that her has whereas Brokeback while it is almost pure reality well it you know it's it's that's why I flipped on it's like I can't I can relate to a point with her I can relate a thousand percent to like Brokeback Mountain right two humans having a 
her her career yeah yeah decades but anyway, long yeah we anyway we'll talk about it we did we yeah. talked about her for three hours you know you can go listen to that all right 1983's christine versus it's the final this is Man, it god damn it 1987's roxanne okay so hold on hold on oh this hold is a weird one hold on okay i know okay, what it is do you want to do three two me. one yeah we will i'll do it you this do time. the countdown three two one roxanne 100 percent hundred percent. I love Christine. So do I. And so we're gonna I. talk about it right now. Let's do. Let's do. John Carpenter swinging for the fences and catching a home run oh, off yeah. of a Stephen King book. Oh yeah. One of his early gritty, still drinking like a fish, still doing blow. Fucking still. This is like, you know, you've been starting the the Marvel Cinematic yeah, yeah, Universe. Yeah, yeah. This is Stephen King Phase One. Sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the this is you know not this isn't Captain America but this is no, like Iron this Man is two. Iron Man two territory yeah yeah, yeah yeah dude it's like who it is I had I don't think until this viewing the first time I caught this flick was on one of those like oh it's on Friday night at seven on NBC sure caught for television gotcha sit for five hours and have pop tart commercials in between scenes right is was my introduction to christine then i go and seek out christine the book read my blog my long walk with the king my introduction to that whole blog series talks about discovering stephen king books and having to like find them in the library but i couldn't check them out and take them home because i was too young to read stephen king and my parents so i would like take them and hide in the stairwell in the library or hide between the rows and read like 20 pages at a time until i heard my mom looking for me and i'd put it back on the shelf and then come back and that's how i read christine the first time yeah dude so like my and you haven't gotten there yet in your long and not in the long walk yet i've been on a long pause with the long walk the long pause because i hit well i hit the stand yeah. Which is uh, what I'm reading right it's now. It's a thick-ass book. But I'm kind of I'm hung up on the right for Night Shift because of the way I chose to tackle that with actually spending time with each short story right. and having thoughts on those. And there are like 22 of them. That's a good way to do it, though. Right. Because yeah. right, I couldn't do it the other way. How do you like compress all those short stories into one generic sort of... How many of, are you doing per short story? Like four paragraphs? I, I set myself like a writing limit to two paragraphs per story. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, which still ends up being like... 22 pages yeah yeah it's still (laughs) still a lot i I feel a little bit like the last six months on night shift has been a bit of like a doctoral thesis on on the short story format sure and an early author in his career versus later on and also how those stories how they started Mm. what they ended up inspiring from not only that author's own stories but for other authors and and how they inspired other stories from other people. It's oh, like yeah. a really interesting Night Shift started a lot of trajectory for not only Stephen King but film, television. He's got, it's wild, dude. His influence a, is far reaching. Yeah. I mean, well, and this isn't the, even the is this the this isn't even the only Carpenter adaptation, is it? Because he also did of, of a Stephen, of Stephen King, King property. Is I it? don't think so. Wait, uh, it might be. We were talking about it, but his Firestarter is not John Carpenter, but it feels a lot like a John Carpenter. Oh, and Carrie is Brian De Palma. Carrie's yeah, Carrie's De Palma. Because I, I keep thinking Carrie is a p- Carpenter, but like, it's not. It's Brian it's De Palma. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, so Christine, I think this is the first time that I've ever seen the flick that wasn't like 
edited for television this because I also had a VHS it. copy where it came on when we finally had a VCR mm-hmm. and I would record it and edit it like self-edited out all the commercials. Right. But, but it was still, still the like television the PG cut. version of Christine watching it this time. Dude, that was one. It's beautiful in HD. Oh, dude. Christine is so cherry, dude. The special effects in this movie, the car re- reconstituting itself. It's insane. Amazing. It's insane, dude. So good. Watching, and then there's... The humanization of the car, even when it's not doing anything, it's just sitting static. Do you know why this one was... For me, there is there are weak points to Christine, which is why it's not, I think, in the top three for Mm -hmm. me. You know, like, the performance of Arnie... And mm-hmm. the pacing, we talked about this in the, the pacing is a huge problem. And it's and that's just what you get when you adapt a novel a yeah. lot of the time. Do you know what's kind of funny? What? I kind of prefer the edited for television cut the commercial breaks out yourself VHS copy that I had back in the day. Yeah. To the to the to the full R-rated beautiful pristine. It's that whole like that's very much a nostalgic thing. Yeah. Right? But that's the difference between the it's night- like I, I hate that like I, I things shot on digital are fine. For for needing to yeah for it, it, imagine trying to shoot Endgame on film and then doing all that post production I mean, you could do it you like could do Alexander it. Nevsky and Andrey Rublev are shot okay, on film you enough. can do a big thing like it's that, just but. easier to get that equipment and gear to like also digital effects are way better in digital right they which is what the Marvel they movies, pair better yeah, yeah. The, the Marvel movies at this point are now seventy percent CGI yeah. so like what's the point of filming on film. Yeah. You're not. So like, I love having that little bit of grain and grit and isn't dirt. Isn't that kind of sad? Like the the, I don't. And you know, like the big benefit of film, the great benefit of film is that what you're capturing, what you're shooting, looks warmer, more mm-hmm. real, more rich. But nowadays, when people make movies, they're really not actually shooting anything. They're shooting people and and the color green. Right. And then other people come in and fabricate a world. So. Movies really don't nowadays really don't show us anything. Yeah, they show us a couple people. That's been true for for longer than we like to give credit for. Yeah. Consider matte paintings. Yeah, and in it, the nineteen fifties and shit, like but, same thing. It's like they're in front of. But a matte painting is a physical object. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't exist in the same. Sp- yeah, you're right though. It's physical. It's being. It's a physical thing that exists. It's being shot. It becomes impressive just because of the scale of the painting. Like right. that, Bert and I were talking the other day about miniatures and matte paintings. And when you see a movie, because we just watched um, Total Recall, and Total Recall has some like matte painting compositing in it. When they're in Mars. Yeah. yeah. And you look at the matte painting, and you're like. Bird and I were both like, why don't people do this more? It's fucking gorgeous, dude. Like, okay, it doesn't look it doesn't look like air quotes like the real Mars, but neither does your CG. Your CG looks like a video game version of Mars. The map painting to me, like, kind of calls back to like this Frank Frazetta esque exactly, thing. Exactly, dude. Yes. It you know, like I keep backing away from the microphone like an well, asshole. I, I know, and I've only because I get excited and I go, "Oh my god!" I've only learned not to do that from four years of doing the show with headphones. You're new to the headphone. I'm new to thing. the headphone game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I catch it. And I'm like, "Oh, that's obnoxious!" I can hear every time you tap on the board game or make a point. I'm mm-hmm. like, "Stop it!" <laughs> I know, and it, the worst part is I can hear <laughs> yeah, it too. I know, right? But now I've had enough scotch and slam yeah, and oranges. Yeah. That I'm just like, "Fuck it!" I could do a slam and orange before we get into. We're this gonna. Song. Okay, good. We're gonna do that. <laughs> But yeah, no, like, this is what I like about Christine, is what we're seeing on the screen is real. Yeah. 
the stuff that they destroy what the end when they are driving that like backhoe like heavy is, equipment just peeling the top just, off of the car just crunchy grundling it and they're like the scene where christine is has the like has the bucket kind of like hooked into her and she's dragging Dude. that caterpillar and you're like what in the how is she still coming on yeah. That that car truly becomes like a Michael Myers esque monster. Like it is very much. When, I put this on the it's in the pantheon of like Michael yeah, Myers, if, Freddy Krueger. If this Christine. had rolled into a like a series where yep. like movie three goes totally off the rails and movie four like Christine's using act like a, a guitarist to kill people, exactly. then we would be talking about Christine like a like a slasher character because exactly. that's how well John Carpenter turns this car. And it's into Carpenter. A character. I mean, just just briefly, yeah, a little aside. I'm John Carpenter. Dude, just one of my favorite directors of all time, dude. He gave us so many and still does. He's still kicking around. Dude's been smoking two packs of cigarettes a day his entire fucking life, dude. And what I love about Carpenter is that he's a writer. Yeah. He's a director and he's a musician. Yes. Like he is an influential musician. He, he has so many so many things going for him, and I love it all. Oh, body bags. Yeah. People poo-poo yes, that. body bags is Dude, great. it's so fucking the great. First, the first short in body bags. The one in the gas station? Yes, that is so fucking scary. Up, dude, yeah. That is terrifying. The Mark Hamill one's a little goofy with the eyeball. A little, a little. But it's still fucking... And you get... If you are a Halloween fan and you haven't seen body bags, well, then you haven't seen the entire Halloween story. No, you haven't. Because that's Carpenter dipping back into Michael Myers' story. He Michael Myers is the bad guy in that. You, oh, dude, Body Bags is great. Yep. And it's free on Voodoo and it might be free on Tubi. Listener, do yourself a favor. Go Check and watch Body, Body Bags. Bags. It's fucking awesome. Um, All right, Christine. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Christine. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, and I'll watch that again. I will too. I'll watch it again for sure. I'm going to try. My, my dad and stepmom still have the old drawer storage system that has all of our duped vhs tapes in it Mm -hmm. next time i'm home down in big rapids in my parents house i'm gonna see if i can find that my copy of christine i'm scared of. actually i might take and find all of them get a vcr and we should have a a rudy vcr night that would be great do you have a vcr own a vcr i would find one if i find my fucking copy of christine that i self-edited off of nbc's yeah. m- movie night in 19 fucking whatever let me know we can watch my unedited um uh, original star wars trilogy on dude please that would be VHS incredible too. oh the, my god the pre-lucas oh my god movie. are we there we're in deep shit now carl we're in listener we're in the final phase this is it this is the end of the shootout it feels good i like doing these shootouts. are all relationship movies they are so what we are talking of the That's final the final three. Let's talk about our contenders. Let's give them their due. Let's because go only one is coming out of this. Chronological order. So it's gonna be 1987's Roxanne, Dude. 2002's Secretary, yeah. and 2005's Brokeback Mountain. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you and on those our are next three episode. Winners. Those are the three we're winners. We're gonna come back around on this at the end of the year when We've had more. I lied. This is the hardest round every time. Every time. Well, yeah, because we've we've racked the wine one more time. Yeah, and, and now, now it's, it's just pristine. And now, now it's Maurice Totus Porcus. God damn it! And it's it's two lads two reserved lads, Cab Franc. Cab Franc, <laughs> and it's the Blau Frankish. Blau Frankish Reserve or Cinnamon Girl. You know, like what in the fuck? How do you anyway? I don't want to do this. We dude. have to do it. 
Are there any that can immediately go? Because mm-hmm. now listen to me. Mm-hmm. This is going to be really fucked up. But Carl, I see one in this trilogy that I would be comfortable at this point sliding with great respect and much it's love. It's Roxanne. I understand. It's not. It isn't? It's not. Which one is it? Is it Secretary? It's definitely not. It's Brokeback Mountain. Really? Yeah, but he, oh, now, okay, but let me back up my opinion. Hold on. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Because I don't want to say goodbye to Roxanne. Neither do I. No. And that, this is the Raising Arizona moment. Okay. Because, because Brokeback Mountain is without a fucking doubt, for me, Ang Lee's, Ang Lee's masterpiece. masterpiece. Yes. I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and that is oh, also a capital M masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. it, with, it totally is. But Brokeback Mountain, Brokeback Mountain was by far the best movie that we watched in the first month of this season. Yeah. It is probably one of the best movies that... I've ever, you know, like it's it, Brokeback Mountain for years was my favorite romance. Yeah. And I think it's her now for me. Well, I don't know. For romance, might be secretary. We haven't watched my favorite one yet. My favorite romance of all time is Fur, an imaginary portrait of the Oh, no, have not. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I go back and forth between that and secretary as my favorite romance of all time, but for years it was Brokeback Mountain. Jake Gyllenhaal. Heath Ledger, a Star Wars story. I thought that was a, I thought that was like a, like a rambling heist film, but it's also a romance movie. Yeah, man, he finds Chewie. Oh, you bastard! You can't cheapen this, Carl. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a way to gracefully axe Brokeback. Okay, okay, okay. So, look, man, Anne Hathaway, Jake Gyllenhaal, fucking Heath Ledger's. But but here's why I'm ready to here's why I'm ready to again this is not a floor movie this will go into the corner of honor it's not a dark horse it's not coming back if it goes for sure not but I want to put it respectfully in the corner because for me this movie is the searchers because yeah. it's flawless it's fucking flawless it's perfect you can listen to us talk about it for four and a half hours it has it has one of the most the single most beautiful moments in any film ever at the end of this movie if your heart is not in your hands you're not sobbing like a child it is truly one of the great films of our lifetime one of the greatest scores too dude like everything about this movie absolutely but if you give me these three movies to pick, like, let's watch a movie. Tomorrow night, you come over with these three movies. I'm going to eat. Well, between the three of these, we're watching either Secretary or Roxanne. I'm not picking Brokeback Mountain. No, I don't. I don't know. if I need certain amount of, like, okayness in my soul yeah. to be able to weather it's a circum- Brokeback Mountain. It's a circumstantial movie where it's, it's like, like certain strains of weed you don't smoke unless everything is going good mentally for correct. you. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what Brokeback It's the best strain of weed you'll ever smoke, but you kind of have to have you nothing have to, else going on in your brain at the time. Yep, you got to be in the right headspace to watch this. Yeah. But but if you are, boy, it, it is going to oh. reward you, man. And if But you- this is the thing though, dude. I wasn't in a good headspace when this came around. Yeah. I was like I knew that it was going to hurt me. I knew that I was going to be pretty rawed out from it. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of had the opposite. It felt a little healing At the watching end- it from It's just such a if truthful you, if you go through my flick. instagram post there's one that i there's a post that i made it's like a picture of me in black and white in my bathroom at two I o'clock re- in the morning or whatever great photo by the way yeah. and there's this there's this paragraph of text explaining why the episode that i just recorded is the reason that i do yep. keep doing this show after yep. four years and it was this movie that we talked about yeah it is one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded but by our rules 
which of these is my favorite of these? Brokeback Mountain is not no. my favorite of these. Nope. It just isn't. Yeah. So, with I, are you with me on I this? I am with you. Then I say with all respect in the world. Like, hands, I shit yeah. you not, you can't see it, listener, but hands clasped together yeah, in gratitude for Ang Lee's directing yeah. of this film and every performance that's in it. We bid adieu to Brokeback Mountain, but if you haven't seen it or if you're like, oh, but there's that scene where those two guys it's have sex. Rest. Get it's over. rest next to Catan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is my mic stand. That is a film apart. Yeah. Like, but if you have any reservations about seeing this movie, cast them aside yeah. and watch it. Don't be dumb. Watch Brokeback Mountain. Don't be Mountain. dumb. Watch <laughs> Brokeback Mountain now. Now here's where we have. Now here's okay, where this we go. is where the rubber meets the road. And although we put all the car, movies all the car away. movies are done. This is it. This is it. Secretary and Roxanne. All right. So for me, just my gut. Let's do a three, two, one. Okay, I got you. You got to do it. This okay, time, fuck. I, did it last I was like, I got too nervous. Ready? Three, two, one. Roxanne. Secretary. Now let's talk. Okay. Now let's talk, Carl. All right. So. But give me. Okay. Give me your defense. I, I, now, okay, I'm not oh, ag- I'm not against right. Roxanne at all. I'm not so against Roxanne here's at all. The, here's the thing. Yeah. A lot of that does have to do with nostalgia. Okay. I'll be right up front with you. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I've had two watches of Secretary in my entire life. Okay. And I've had, I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched Roxanne. Okay. It's probably close to 50. I had not even kidding. I had never seen Roxanne before we did it for the show. And I and when I only have to watch it once for the for the show. I watched it once. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. I have since watched it three times. I've watched it four times total. Three for no, not for the show, not for anything, but pure pleasure enjoy. of watching Roxanne. This is one of those flicks where you can keep coming back to mm-hmm. and it'll make your day a little better. 100% agree. Because it, it could be saccharine. In fact, it is a little. Occasionally. Saccharine. Yeah. But... In the way that's perfect for what this is. It's a retelling of Cyrano de Bergerac mm-hmm. with Steve Martin like helming the the heroic role of C.D. Bales. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C.D.B. Uh-huh. Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> but it's, it is so dense with charm. Mm-hmm. And it almost has the opposite effect of where... With the whole Ghostbusters, the jerk man with two brains thing, where you constantly have quotes at the ready, you have specific scenes at the ready that that everybody knows. It's part of our lexicon, mm-hmm. almost, Yeah. as far as uh, being movie watchers or fans of the comedy genre. Mm-hmm. Where this movie, I don't really have any go-to quotes from it, because it's not like the biggest quotable movie. Mm-hmm. And Roxanne, not, Roxanne. Yeah, it's yeah. not the big there aren't those like Ghostbusters where hey where do these stairs go they go up like there's not that like made f- written for the movie because they know it's a funny line yeah which is why those movies are so quotable this is just honestly just funny the entire time situationally in the conversations people have and the relationship between him and his sister, which happens to be the actual Shelley Duvall. <laughs> yeah, actual Shelley Duvall does show up. Does show up. Um, and it, it is a little bit problematic because we're seeing what what that sort of relationship we were talking about earlier. The guy is digging the girl, but the girl's not really digging the guy so much. There's this interesting love triangle that happens where CD is in love with Roxanne. Roxanne just wants to fuck the the fire guy. Right. Fire guy just wants to fuck Roxanne. And, and they have so we nothing, have in, nothing common. in common. So it's just a really, it's a time capsule movie as well. It's just, it's got so much and it's just, fuck man, it's got yakety sax in the beginning with a neon like title screen. Right, and you get like, um, didn't slide too bad for me. <laughs> too bad for me. <laughs> like there's, there's, I'm, 
again, man, I'm with yeah. you. Like of the Steve Martin movies, this and Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid are my favorites. Yeah. Um, st- it, there's a the only thing, and I don't have anything against Rock. As right. you were talking about, not nostalgia. Seeing this fifty times, right? Right. I've seen this movie four times, but. The first play I ever saw in my life was Cyrano de Bergerac. I saw it at Michigan Tech with my dad. I was like eight years old. Wow. And they put it on um, in one of their new, like they had just built a new theater. And I'm pretty sure this was one of the first plays that they put on there. So I go way back with the Cyrano de Bergerac story. So seeing Roxanne, I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. It reminds me of this good time that I spent with my dad when I was really young. But for me, it's, and I'm not... It's going to be hard to argue for Secretary without saying things that are kind of like gently diminishing of Roxanne. No, fair enough. I don't mean it to be that way because I will watch Roxanne a hundred more times. This is now a regular spinner for me. But when we're doing the show and we're, why is this movie or that movie? Roxanne to me is, it's got its highs and it's got its lows, right? It's funny and it's got some elements of... That no, because it's a Steve Martin comedy romantic romantic comedy like vehicle, the lows really aren't necessarily that low. And for me, the highs are not as as necessarily high as they could be. Sure. At the end of Roxanne, I'm left feeling fairly warm. That was funny, and then I go on with my day. Secretary, I'm like I'm flushed for an hour after Secretary, and I'm trying to like I'm going through my day, and I'm th- I'm now I'm thinking back on scenes and it. It's it leaves me. It's like if 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 you were plugging these movies into my battery charger, right? Roxanne fills me up like 70 percent, and I'm I'm left happy and smiling. And wow, Steve Martin's a good actor. But Secretary's got me like chock full and buzzing and tingling. And it's not a Searchers esque movie for me where it's like what a masterpiece because it's charming and it's funny and Maggie Gyllenhaal is great in it and James Spader is this might be for me James Spader's best performance. Yeah. It's outrageously good. And it's, it's so, so fucking, fucking hot. hot. It's so fucking hot and it's not just hot in that kind of like let me show you a bunch of hot shit kind of ways. Yeah. It earns every sexy moment. It gives you moments that are that are uncomfortably sexy. You know we So I'm comfortable with giving it to Secretary just for, I mean, I haven't watched it as much as Roxanne. Sure, but yeah. I would, watch, I would watch this movie again for many different reasons. Yeah. But what stands out for me is the individual performances of both Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader on their own. Yeah. Just... If you just cut out each of their scenes as individuals and, and just played it them, as like a supercut, some brilliance happening with both of them. Definitely. But then, whoo! I'm about to get emotional. It's fine, dude. I can't uh, feel it coming. You know what I'm then saying? Then you put the two of them in the room together to work off of each other, and you've never seen anything like it before. Fuck, dude. I know. Like, like it's beyond it's, description. It's the. People, people always talk about like chemistry. Yeah. This is like transcending even chemistry. It is. This is like true human, genuine like empathy. And it's wild because it's set in an environment that I am not familiar with or necessarily comfortable being a part of or watching because I don't understand it. Yeah. But they are and they're navigating that with each other. There's and some, changing each other. They watching them grow and change. It's insane. Seeing her go from 
the, childlike. The yes, the transformation of Lee from like her dowdy big skirts and her flopping around shoes in her fucking her, clogs to like cutting. this most sexy and cutting. This is why yeah. I, this for yeah, me it's it it's the waveform, dude. It's the yeah. waveform where it's like here are the hot and. Uh, love Roxanne my heart beats for Roxanne man and here's the highs of the funny and here's the lows of oh he didn't get the girl but when you look at that and then you superimpose secretary where it's like cut herself so badly she went into a cut herself so badly she went into a mental institution finally gets a job and gains confidence her father's like brutal alcoholism and then and I just listened to James Spader's voice forever and then like that's not even it's a, got a more there <laughs> there are more puzzle pieces yeah exactly. in the box where it's like you have elements of tragedy and you have so many elements of comedy and you've got you've got all the like there are like genuine romance yeah. things you've got messy human entanglements her and uh the, the with dude, peter or whatever peter, his yeah. name is like her relationship with peter the and the Pete, weird the wet rag yeah like it is funny the the laundromat restaurant bar that they go to for their date and i like, still can't quite figure out what's going on there man <laughs> it's you know getting and, lint in your martini is that that's something that i'm feeling and i don't want to have to edit it out but i did it in the episode but like i also have a little nostalgia for secretary because sure. there's some I got history with this movie. Yeah. Oh, you did cut that out. Of the I episode. did. I, but I think I did it in a funny way. Good. And the perceptive listener can probably parse Fair. out what what's going on there. Yeah. But like, go ahead on over to that, Patreon. That got hot on the conversation. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Con- Connor and I. Connor are like started smoking. smoking cigarettes. So I'm like, just, <laughs> what? I don't even have any cigarettes. Where this come from? <laughs> We're gonna smoke it. Clearly. I'm not gonna <laughs> not smoke the cigarette, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, I'm I am more than happy uh, with with crowning secretary as shootout winner number one. Sure, and with, it, with all the love and yes. respect to Roxanne. Yeah, and I, I don't I won't we won't even we don't even have to put it on the table if we don't no, want. I, I, don't I will gladly will. leave it here in the Absolutely. ring as like. As, and I think it's so fun and funny that these two are the ones that hit Conan. It's an eighties yeah. kind of saccharine saxophone all over the fucking score steve martin flick (laughs) with one of the heaviest hitting like hot fucking like adventures of all time yeah yeah yeah. secretary like yeah dude but both of these are but this is kind of the cool thing about secretary man it lives very nicely in both worlds of it is both uh uh is both raising arizona and the unforgiven you mean uh, the Searchers? The Searchers. Sorry. I mean, I love Unforgiven. No, I know. Yeah. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> uh, this is both the Searchers and Raising Arizona. Yeah, it lives in both worlds. It's like quirky, off-ball, uh, uh, like offbeat comedy. Weird or early two thousands like Miramaxi shit. Yeah, it's like you and me and everyone we know, or like Little it Miss Sunshine. Yeah. It's got that kind of like weird. It drips late nineties, early two thousands. You know, honestly, that you were right when you said like it. It this feels exactly like a nineties Miramax film. Yeah. And so many of those are so good and so distinct. Yeah, there's a reason why they all are brilliant. But it, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And we, I mean, we didn't even listen to the episode, but like Secretary also for me has cinematography going. Sure does. It. 
that movie the writing it's really yeah. well shot not that Roxanne's not well shot but like Secretary is very visually interesting whereas 87 I feel like Roxanne looks like an 80s movie there it's very presentational here's yep. here's your set because they're not trying to wow us with cinematography they're trying to wow us with Steve it's Martin it's a lot of you park the tripod capture the scene maybe get it over it's shot in that over over two shot television y kind of way yeah yeah definitely and and that's perfect for Roxanne because yep. really you don't want to distract from what Steve Martin's doing exactly or you what captures much of that as possible and let it kind of play out and right see a lot how, of wides yeah, and stuff exactly. but there's something about like the hypnotic uh the hypnotic um um synergy yeah of like the cinematography and the writing and yeah. the performances and the content and it Secretary weaves together, t- ties together, shibaris together in a really interesting Ooh, way. Yo. So, all right, yes, Roxanne, dude, much, much love, love. absolutely. Say hey to Rick we'll, Rosevich we'll, for us. We'll put you right down in the winner's corner. Yep. you know, with right next to Brokeback. Right, right next to Brokeback. So, quarter one, quarter one. We've got our first. We've got our first flick. Of the of the season, Flick of the season in Secretary, two thousand two Secretary. You want to talk about a date night movie? Shit. Pull down your clothesline, get it all coiled up, sit down God with your damn. loved one. Woo! You want to talk about boner juice? Get bye. a couple of handkerchiefs and your spanking hand Woo. ready. And you watch. Precisely. Yep. We got a couple of dark horse candidates in. Yep. Dead men don't wear plaid, and her may be making an appearance later on. Later in on the season. season, stay tuned for that. So we're gonna get out your hair before we go. Um, just on shootouts, we tend to just kind of wrap things up at the yep. end. Thank you to all of our patrons uh, over on Patreon.com/slash Quill and Film. Uh, actually, where well, this is a Patreon. No, this will be a main season. This our is, next yeah. one is page. Yeah. So uh, Quill and Film, or I'm sorry, Patreon.com/slash Quill and Film. Q U I L L A N D F I L M. Go and check that out for all the deets. We'll do full shoutouts when we get back to our regular programming, which will be uh, the next episode we're doing is recovering. Uh, 2000s The Cell <laughs> Damn well, That's gonna be A hell of a talk yep. um, Drop us a line At measuringflixpodcast At gmail.com And uh, thanks all Thank y'all so much For shitting with Carl And as we drink And debate Exactly Um. So yeah uh, Secretary Good Blah 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 On with off I might blah, blah. need to borrow Some of your spirit.